Hello and welcome to Spotlight, the fish podcast of Grapple. I'm Benno. And I'm JP. Hi JP, it's another uh, Tuesday edition of uh, Spotlight this this week. We had, uh, both had uh, busy weekends, lots of recording going on. The weather's been nice again. It's uh, yeah, nice to chat to you again on Tuesday. We just did a good, um, good little pre-show there, chatting Armageddon 99 and 2000. Brett Hart and his oh, yeah. Wu-Tang fandom. All the podcasts stealing our podcast names. <laughs> it all goes off in the pre-show, mate. Some cups of coffee and some teammates. Enya. Enya came up, that's true. Baths. 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 Even without Gareth, and- you know. We are pro-bath, not anti-bath. Well, exactly. I, th- I think it depends on circumstance and situation, really, if we put it down to that. Uh, also, as well, uh, top five sort of easy dinners you're making at home. Mm. Like, I love for pasta and pesto. Like, I love for fish fingers. Generally, you went with a, a sort of beige tea tonight, didn't you? Of, uh, wrong with that. Mashed beans and fish fingers, rock solid. <laughs> and the glory that is fish finger sandwiches, not getting into the debate about what you call the the bread substance around it or um or chip and chip buddies as well that wrong which seems to come up a lot chip buddies as it should do it's great and it's a it's a proper cuisine (laughs) it is and it was we were saying in the pre-show it works for uh, any occasion any uh any particular meal there but you know you can uh, you can definitely uh they're the classier meals, JP, but they're on as honest, tasty yeah. ones as a fish finger or a, or a chip butty. But no, we had a good time chatting about that. Obviously, we're uh, this week. It's just me and you, mate. We had uh, a lot of runs in from run-ins last week from uh, from one Stephanie Chase. <laughs> <laughs> we got a lot of good feedback uh, from that. I think people enjoyed their uh, hot takes. Oh, uh, she, she is in the chat, so she might chime in. But she's not in the uh, the same room as we uh, this week. But uh, a lot of it, a lot of Irish Stone Cold Steph. Stone Cold Steph. Talk about Stone Cold Gareth. Stone Cold Steph. <laughs> I know. Kate came back on one night, lit up the territory. Those uh, those numbers uh, told the story. But yeah, it wasn't the only Irish controversy we had the last week, JP. Obviously, you had your, uh, yes. your daily update uh, <laughs> last week as well. Have a good St. Patrick's Day, mate. Was it, was it good? Enjoyed it? I, do you know what? I didn't really do anything for it. I, d- I really Other didn't. The only thing update. I did was the daily update. <laughs> that was my celebration of it, which um, it could be seen as potentially offensive. Mm. as much as anything else that update um steph wasn't a fan sarah foyle wasn't a, wasn't a fan you know other people enjoyed it it's if my dad was had ever been into uh sort of japanese wrestling and hardcore wrestling that's how i kind of like to envisage it as well mm. throwing in a lot of boys because he's from uh waterford as well <laughs> you but yeah hear it. yeah i could hear you challenging him. it's like you're in the room with him mate it's uh i, I to oh, me yeah. it's a it's a lovely proud that's all it is, and it's a, it's a great tradition mm-hmm. we've uh, we've come to have uh, each year now on uh, on the Grapple Patreon. Yeah, we've we've got that, and like the other weird traditions that we end up having, like I suppose me getting shit faced on camera at Christmas. <laughs> it's it's the, the, it all sort of follows a theme generally with this stuff. But yeah, no, we've, we've had that. We had a really good, like say you mentioned about us recording at the weekend. Did Joe versus Angle, mm. um, which was uh, the the feud there, and that was. That fucking held up, mate, didn't it? Generally, oh, yeah. I thought it was a series. I was kind of worried about that um, as much as anything else. But yeah. Did, uh, uh, Samojo's mohawk didn't hold up. There is that. Uh, That's but- awful. <laughs> Some of those looks maybe we wouldn't have uh, and his, done carry. And his booking, like, any time into the new decade at, at TNA is fucking awful. Oh, honest to God, yeah. It's, it's rough. Like, I, I mean, I... You know, I love Samoa Joe. 
But <laughs> yeah, and I, I would say like my main lesson from doing that podcast, it was a pick of one of our uh, Patreon kings of the mountain, uh, Connor, and a, a great person. He joined us for the show, but you know that period of time in my life, I was you know full on dad in the wall ROH. So Samoa Joe and TNA felt like something that was destined to fail. And to their credit, it took them a couple of years before they fucked it up properly. Because in the period we were kind of watching, you know, he was hot, he was mm-hmm. equal to Angle. Then, then there was the booking, unfortunately, that might have, uh, you know, uh, might explain a few things. You know, he wasn't quite angles equal by the uh, the end of that feud, and yeah, as we kind of saw uh, a few years later on in uh, and TNA, he's very much in that point of his career where you're just thinking, "Fuck, mate, you should have left four years ago." But the actual peak stuff, you know, considering the, I mean, through all three three of the big angle Joe matches together in about six weeks or so, he was pretty well protected, mm. and it was uh, yeah, it was interesting to kind of kind of see TNA almost get it right even if at the end of the day they can't help themselves yeah that's it it's it's the period of time where you kind of generally genuinely believe thought if they can get rid of some of this shit on the Mm. undercard like they're on or something if they embrace wrestling they just fucking embraced wrestling because they had loads of great wrestlers Mm. and a lot of times it was just like they couldn't resist the urge to have things like i don't know voodoo king mafia and the like kind of getting involved around that period of time yeah they there's a lot of that stuff but it was it was it was just fascinating going back and kind of you know seeing where like you know and ultimately he ended up being like that a kind of big star in in wwe in a on a relative level but like just how joe like i don't know why they burnt through it that was the thing six weeks it's like mm. by the end like that crowd by the kind of match three and then some real curios in between as well and some great training montage stuff so yeah have a have a listen to that that's on the patreon that was yeah it was a fun really trip, good really. i enjoyed it really fun. not my favorite samoa joe stuff from that period you know kenta kabashi's tweet there <laughs> earlier today might have indicated my uh, favorite thing i don't know what what caused it i don't know why i've been tagged in it so many times but he was just tweet he was tweeting today reminiscing about you know some match he had with samoa joe you know in 2005 if anyone remembered it you know I might, I might have been around JP I don't know um. <laughs> were you <laughs> <laughs> this is the debate no, I don't think you believe me anymore oh no no I, be- I believe you were there but rather like you missing out on the Osprey Oku stuff it was like were you in the toilet at the time like, did you end up, end up missing all of it that way um, no I mean it's it, god that would be a match to go back and watch I haven't seen that for, for quite some time actually Joe, Joe mm. Kabashi. I'm giving you Samoa Joe ideas again for it. You don't need inspiration to do <laughs> like a five to one Samoa Joe mixtape. You just be like, no, no, all over that. <laughs> yeah, we'll do that. 2005 Samoa Joe was just its own mixtape. Um, yeah, and as Liam says here, the uh, the Jaws um, theme into well uh, sound effect into the in, into Jadakus, which. One of the uh, one of the one of the great songs of all time. Throw, throw in the uh, you know the champers here. You've got a uh, Joe's had yeah. a lot of classic entrances. To be honest, there's, you know there's obviously obviously that uh, there's, there's this classic terrible NXT instrumental hip hop on that did look that did that did move into something a bit more Samoa Joe like. We had the uh, the great TNA theme that I uh, I ended that very podcast with, which you know yeah. is great in its shitness. They had some good themes and some terrible themes. TNA, I mean, I, I say that last week's spotlight I ended with uh, with marvelous me, which is uh, their their genius <laughs> yeah. uh, rendition of of Scott Hall's uh, theme, which is like kind of Razor Ramon's theme with, a, with 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 somebody singing over it, basically. But it kind of works. Yeah. They could be hit and miss TNA with the themes. Oh, absolutely hit and miss. I mean, you know. 
I, I like my world. What can I say? There's that part of me now. I hear it. I just laugh, mm. laugh inherently. But it's, it's yeah, that. What about AJ's I Am? Classic. What was it? What was that? What was it called? That's not the name of it. It's not called I Am. but mm, I think it is quite enough called I, I Am. Thinking. It might be. Mm. AJ's got a good career. Like, he's another one. His ROH theme was a, was a classic, uh, especially the one he used in that Bullet Club era in the uh, in 2014 to uh, to 2016 periods, the New Japan theme was great. His WWE theme remains great. He's got yeah. he's got his good taste in rappers. Bret Hart apparently does. Being a big fan of uh, of Cameron and Drake, as we uh, <laughs> as we learn from his uh, his Instagram follows. So you know, what a man and Snoop and Snoop and hey, and I said in the pre show he was wearing Woo Wear in there uh, in 1999 before. It. I was going to say before it was cool, maybe after it was cool, but, you know, it was a weird era, era that, though, in WCW in the late 90s, everybody knocking around in knock-off FUBU, Lex Luger apparently knocking around with uh, with DMX uh, mixtapes and stuff. It's uh, It was a lot of middle-aged lads trying to be cool. Uh, Bret Hart doesn't feel like he's somebody who'd fall into that. I think Bret's just a proper early 90s hip-hop fan. I think that's what it is. Well, mate, you're forgetting Master P, aren't you? <laughs> no, no limit soldiers. Oh. Stuff like WC, Jesus Christ. Can't like, imagine those li- low limit soldiers aren't for Brett. He, he wants a bit more work rate in nah. his lap than uh, than those lads. Those those lads were all uh, all sizzle and no stay. Um, although they you know, really were. They had some bangers. Make him say, uh, which uh, which Cody basically stole and made a meme a couple of years ago. You know, but uh, yeah, it's, it's I imagine Brett's got a got a higher class taste in rap. You'd like to think so with Brett, don't you? I mean, I, I like to think we, you know we all want to live vicariously through him. So what you want is good taste. Mm. Saying that, I mean, some of his fashion sense is a bit all over the place. But why would he give a fuck? He's from Calgary for tricycles. Yeah, that's why Cameron likes him. That's why the dip set all wore pink. I reckon they were just big Brett Hart fans. Maybe that ex- explains the uh, the link up there. A lot of Czech shirts. Lord, <laughs> a lot of Czech shirts. Whenever you see him doing other sort of like other stuff there, like in a jean shirt, he'd like that stuff. He likes his jean shorts, didn't he? Brett. Jean shorts and a hockey jersey. That was his look. I yeah. love jean. And obviously we'll mention it about angles as well, but that like mm. Goldberg, who he who he follows. I like, you know, thinking about that was a, what a great angle with the chest protector. Like under yeah, he's wearing his, like, he's wearing his uh, hockey shirt for that. Yeah, you know, he gave, yeah. gave, gave good coverage to the uh, to the device. I think that works. <laughs> Steph says in the chat here, remember, remember when Metaban couldn't get a con for SummerSlam 98? I don't, but that's hilarious. <laughs> I remember Metaban and Revlon being at the audience for ROH shows because they, uh, they were in the audience apparently at the time. You know, when they filmed The, the Wrestler, I think they're, they're yeah. there. I'm pretty sure they got the whole... Well, I think it was actually back when uh, it was originally not going to be Mickey Rourke, it was going to be Nicolas Cage. And I think Nicholas Cage yeah. came to ROH shows as like a, you know, trying to get into character type of thing. But I remember hearing around the same time after Man and Red Band were, uh, were knocking around there. But yeah. Poor I'd love to oh, know yeah, what shows the, he watched. That's it. That's right. Yeah. In the SummerSlam 98, he's, he's pictured, isn't he, in the, in the chief seats at the back, <laughs> not getting like a, a front row kind of like waving at the camera thing. Yeah. That's that's when you know you have. It's like Macaulay Culkin on that WrestleMania. What WrestleMania is he on? Is that WrestleMania 7 or something like that? Where he's just kind of just some unnamed kid in the crowd. Doesn't even get the, uh, yeah. the VIP treatment with his name on the screen. But they love it, don't they? The Culkins. Mm. Kieran Culkin is mad into wrestling. He was talking mm. loads about it with um, Mark Maron on one of those. Chris mentions in the chat, shout out to the Def Jam wrestling games. I never played those. I must confess. I think they were, they just, like, I think I was burnt off by that ECW one. No, just mm. like shit, basically. And I wanted to believe it was good. Um, 
Yeah, yeah the, like, the, the Def Jam Vendetta Chris Sabin's like... theme tune, by the way, going back to the TNA theme tunes, Chris Sabin's theme tune, Hail Sabin. <laughs> Great shit. Oh, sorry, Steph's just sent me a picture of uh, Method Man in the, uh, <laughs> the crowd in a DX t-shirt, way, way up in the gods. So we'll have to do SummerSlam 98 just to uh, just to appreciate that. Um, but no, on the, the, on the Highway um, to Hell show. That's the one, yeah, yeah, which we will yeah. absolutely uh, do at some point with uh, maybe air as a guest. But uh, yeah, those Def Jam games just they feel like they should be for me because it's the No Mercy engine and then a load of rappers in it on it, basically doing like it's the same controls, but like everybody had like ridiculous finishes where like you know they literally throw you up into the sky and then catch it and like power drive you and you know everyone would have like weapons and stuff and it was all like set in like interesting kind of like street environments and stuff like that mm. but yeah they just i think I, I want i want to have a wrestling sim back jp i wanted i wanted the proper wrestling game i didn't want to all of these bells and whistles despite it including um uh, some of my favorite rappers you wanted no mercy didn't you is that the one still want no mercy yeah. i'm hoping AEW do it what's going on what's going on with this game it's been ages still haven't announced it oh they take ages they take years there's a lot of development like there's loads of bugs to iron out loads of stuff like trying to get right it, it's, it takes ages and costs like mm. i can say how much to play into it to but i kind of think it's around that 20 to 30 million mark sorry mm. yeah is this why 2k22 took so long to come out well yeah i mean other than the like they put in like they were awful those previous mm. games i mean i see people are playing I've, I've no desire to play it. i mean if the aw1 like genuinely looks good i'd be like interested to play it but like it'll, it'll have to be pretty fucking spectacular, especially with that roster they've got in there. Christ, it's like WCW versus the world on it. It's just like kind of mad. If you can get DDT in there as well, that's what they should be looking to do. Get those little DLC packs, and you can buy a few New Japan lads to put in there. Mm. That'd be cool. That'd be cool. Yeah, jo- John Service mentioned that. Yeah, the TNA game took ages to come out and bankrupted Midway Games, and that thing's a complete yeah. piece of shit. The only good thing in it, they actually do a good job of replicating the uh, Ultimate X match. Yeah, like the controls of that are actually quite cool, and you can have a fun time. The actual wrestling engine is full on garbage. Um, this is the issue because I think with wrestling, like, and we're definitely we're definitely going to do a wrestling games podcast now that I've thought about it, like. It's hard to develop, isn't it? Because like you're not developing a sport game because the, the way people react to certain things isn't always consistent, and there's an element of cooperation in wrestling that is really hard to replicate with just a straight, you know, trying to simulate it as a sport or trying to simulate it as a fighting game. And there are so many little things that even the way people enter the ring and where moves are done around like the ring and stuff like that. Like those kind of mechanics, which aren't consistent as well from person to person, as far as selling and things like that. It, yeah, it's got to be a complete nightmare, like for a novice to try and put that together. Really difficult um, for this one. It's Ukes who are doing it, so Ukes mm. have experience of doing this. They owned New Japan at mm. one point, Ukes um, as well. But you're right. I mean, it, it's that idea that in real life it's cooperative, but in the game you're kind of like almost playing it as a sport, which is why you end up in the sort of punch kick fests, mm. as I would think of them with some of the games, because to do any special manoeuvres kind of, it required like, you know, it just the controls would not be intuitive enough mm. for it. Now, if they found a way around that, then I'll be fascinated 
to see what they do. But you're obviously talking about a big marketing budget as well and stuff like that and, you know, trying to create buzz for it. And, you know, there hasn't been – it's how is a an outstanding wrestling game going to really kind of, you know, how is that going to do? Like, because it's is it it's not going to be able to compete with say the big EA titles and the sports titles, which obviously have that inbuilt audiences like your Fifas and your Maddens and the like. So, yeah, I, th- I think for this one, just because you know it gives Kenny Omega something to do while he's off injured, frankly, probably something he's probably loving doing because I think that's what I can imagine he's he's doing a lot alongside his rehab. Hmm. I don't know. We hold out hope, but I don't think it's going to be out for. Like, I wouldn't be expecting to certainly not see it this year. Possibly, not even towards mm. it, you know, it might be a while. It might be, you know, mid-2023. It could be could be wrong. Yeah, it was a big part of what obviously, you know, affected their financials last year, wasn't it? Where it was like, we'd mm. be in profit, if not for the game type of thing. So it's a, it's a long-term investment, isn't it? But I really hope they get it right because, yeah, the WWE games have been shite for so long. And it is, it's that, it's that problem where... There's a certain rhythm and build to a wrestling match and, you know, kickouts and the way kind of, you know, the momentum builds and the way kind of a match is structured that I think the old AKI games, which I believe the bloke involved is involved in the AW game, they got it right. Yeah. Fire Pro kind of get it right. Like that's, hopefully it's going to be more in that direction. But yeah, Mikey mentions here, there's a, apparently a sprite-based wrestling game, which is like a role-playing game. Um, the developments, there you go. Yeah, that could uh, that could be anything. Will be better than that AW Casino game. That was a piece of shit. Like that, ah. that was that was a pure cash in. Like yeah, it was Cody, say. Cody's face all over it as well. He loved that uh, that gambling branding in a uh, in early AW. I say that double or nothing still. I think. Yeah, I, I I see those kind of casino games, and I just don't want any part of it. They just mm. it, it seems like a sort of cash in, just using the name. It's like the general manager game. It's not distinctive enough for it to be something like it. Those kind of mobile games need to be sort of very quick and easy, and it just doesn't seem like something about. Well, are you actually playing something, or are you just, you know, it's just a management sim, but a very sort of low quality one. So yeah, that that those kind of things feel like you know, apps are easier to to kind of, and mobile games are easier to produce and a lot cheaper to produce, and you can do them a lot quicker. But yeah, fingers crossed, mate. It's been a while. I mean, you know. New Japan have steered cleared of, of it outside of the tie-up with Fire Pro. Hmm. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, they've they've kind of avoided doing it. It's, it's, it's a big, big investment, isn't it? For for a lot, not mm. much. Uh, but um, yeah, I mean, oops, I was gonna say, I don't know. We got into wrestling video games. Well, we'll do a yeah. podcast. I don't wonder. We'll do a Matty and uh, and Cotton. We make uh, Grapple Call probably best place to talk the uh, the best WWE games. Chris oh, yeah. here in the year. Uh, the chat apparently the uh, the engine for two K twenty two is a bit better, but not a huge step forward. I'm probably not going to drop the uh, the fifty odd uh, quid on it uh, at this point. I think those uh, those days are uh, are well behind me. But yeah, we'll co- we'll cover that in uh, in detail uh, one day. Yeah. But one thing we are um, going to be covering uh, in quite a bit of bit of detail uh, next week. JP, did you realise it's WrestleMania weekend next week? It's uh, oh it's, fuck, uh, <laughs> fucking worried, mate. <laughs> I mean, I only actually. Got the I got brave enough to have a little sneak peek of what's uh, what's going on. <laughs> I mean, most years I don't know what's going on. I mean, most years we're uh, we're way ahead of this. We're all we're all ready to go, and you know we've got mm-hmm. uh, spreadsheets and you know videos and 
you know, like all, all kinds of uh, stuff uh, planned, which we do. We are still going to be doing a, a lot of uh, WrestleMania weekend coverage, but I feel like it's stuck up on me this year. It's not like years gone by where like a month ahead of time I'm messing around with fight codes, trying to get fight books and figuring out how I'm going to uh, buy everything and organize everything. It does. It feels like, yeah, that the buzz is kind of low for it. I mean, probably because of, you know, some of what we lived through last year, but I mean, yeah. just need look at it. There's, there's actually some, uh, some interesting stuff we're going to be getting into next week. Yeah, there is, isn't there? I mean, and I think the purchase of Ring of Honor makes mm. the Ring of Honor Supercard of Honor show in particular very interesting. But you've got New Japan there as well. And yeah, obviously you've got, yeah. And you've got like what appears to be Joey Janela in doing a, a, a spring break, which if nothing else is kind of interesting if he's given that kind of carte blanche for that, you know. Bloodsport and the like, a ton of GCW events. I imagine, you know, all over IWTV. It'll no, be better rest. aren't there. I don't think. I don't think there are. Oh, they're not. To be honest, I mean, it, maybe that's why when I say it's not oversaturated, maybe that's why. I mean, it's still, yeah. there's still a lot going on, but I, I don't know. Last, honestly, I think part of what killed a lot of our um, buzz for it last year was just, I mean, it was a slog, wasn't it? It was just a load of. Yeah shindy GCW adjacent stuff in car parks with blokes being sick and then the IWTV stuff while good in parts was is also kind of low budget and grimy and you're seeing the same venue and the same fans over and over and over and over again uh, no I don't think they've got a major presence um, going into this year I'm probably for the best um yeah there's not, there's not a lot of that stuff going on gcw have still got like all kinds of shows going through the days but i think maybe less of the indie noise and more of like you say that like you mentioned there there's supercard of honor which looks interesting impact have got their war what's it called um the class of um worlds or something like that isn't it the class of metaverse the or- multiverse multiverse, multiverse of matches. matches that's it which yeah. is a great name the multiverse and they've got like tommy hirishi's doing an, a tea an impact show which is like you know <laughs> Quite interesting compared to the uh, the TNA we were looking at uh, only this week. But I don't know, like those kind of bigger names being back. I don't want to like, you know, slag off the 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 the, the, the deluge of uh, indies that were there last year. And are still here to an extent. There's still a, a fair amount of on fight this year. But having that stuff, I think, makes it feel like a bit more of a higher prestige mania weekend again. I don't know if that's harsh. I don't know, no, after, because it was also an, un, it was kind of an unholy situation where last year you had COVID, mm. plus you didn't have how much talent were out on the indies and working Mania weekend. It's a very different situation now. There's a lot of, you know, there are a lot of wrestlers, like good wrestlers who are wrestling kind of all over this weekend, which is something that we didn't have last year. And that was the issue that we had with a lot of it. It was just sort of very, very average and just blended into one. Mm. Whereas here, it feels like, you know, you've got your your Biff Bufsix of the world and your Buddy Matthews of the world, who may not be the biggest names, but they're going to be in there like working hard to kind of, you know, show what, what they're going to be about. And, and you've got a lot of kind of good indie workers who... I've got a chance. I mean, it feels like it's a bit more selective than being on some of the bigger shows, obviously not like spring break because that is what it is. So I agree with you. I think less noise, like kind of less of these shows, but generally of a higher quality 
and almost like kind of rebuild back rather than oversaturation, a million and one shows. I think it also shows in terms of how many people are coming. Mm. You know, I don't know what the t- latest ticket numbers are for Mania, but there's that part of me that thinks in reality it'll be something like 80,000 both nights. Mm. And that might involve a fuck of a lot of comps as well. I wouldn't be that surprised for that to be the case. So, it's um, trended to that 80,000. Well, wasn't it around like 50,000 for each of the nights at last check? Wow. I feel like as a wrestling podcast, we maybe should have put this on beforehand. Um, for shame. You took me by surprise. I didn't think it was doing that well, but you can tell us. Like, But yeah, I mean, I, Steph's asked them They'll to make it look like that. They'll claim over 100,000 for each of the nights because they'll be claiming that it'll be 200,000 over two nights. Oh, man. Like, well, I mean, Steph's asking in the chat, when will WrestleMania feel like WrestleMania again? I mean, the main show itself... <laughs> I think probably never, <laughs> based on some of the build I've seen. And yes, I am an idiot who watched um, far more of Monday Night Raw again this week in the, in the hope that Cody Rhodes would, uh, would make his debut once again. So I can speak to that a little bit in a, in a minute. But when will Mania Weekend feel like Mania Weekend again? I mean, I, this, this feels like one. Maybe it is the fact that there are going to be so many people in town. You know, I don't know how many people, people are going to be able to make a lot of these shows. There are a lot of, despite it being... I'd say quite well spaced out through the, the the days. The Friday is insane. Like there's a lot of competition yeah. for people's money on the Friday, which we can get into. But there is a weekend's worth of stuff, which I don't think there was last year. Well, that's it. I think last year we were like, it, it was desperate. It was it was quite depressing at mm. times. And there was stuff that we watched that was, that was genuinely bad. Mm. But I think this time round, like say, I think there's a, there's a whole load of stuff that is at the, oh, yeah. at like, like it's like you said before, it's the quality level, but also as well, I just want to say it's that super card of honor show because we might get some insight to what ring of honor is going to actually end up being, you know, while this is going to be tying up loose ends, it's effectively an AEW presence on WrestleMania weekend. Yeah, and that true. kind of can't be forgotten. And I think, you know, it'll be interesting to see what they do who they use over that weekend, you know, because there are people like the Moxies and stuff who are already in town. Are you going to do something there? Do you know what I mean? I mean, it's, it's, you know, what happens to progress world champion, Jonathan Gresham is, who's, you know, in terms of, our, I'm assuming he's winning this match with Bandido. So yeah, I, I think that adds something else to it. And think, like I say, yeah. that, but the Friday, you're right. It's completely fucking batshit. But at That's- the same time, you're going to have, have one batshit show because it's two nights of WrestleMania, isn't it? And that's going to kill a lot of the other stuff outside of the stuff that's going on like earlier in the day. Yeah, that's kind of my pick of the weekend, really. It's like, I mean, you have a WrestleMania weekend that kicks off 9pm on a Thursday, UK time with Bloodsport. Feels like WrestleMania weekend. It's like okay, you've got me a little bit here. Like I'm like, oh, all right, okay. This like this isn't this isn't burying blood sport at one in the morning on Saturday night amongst all the, the schlub. This is Thursday, at least prime time for us as Europeans. Like that's perfect. That's the perfect way to start the weekend. And yeah, the Thursday looks fun otherwise with you know the first part of uh, the Janela um, shows. Although they've gone a little, they've definitely gone less on the uh, the meme wrestler on the uh, Janela shows uh, this time off than they uh, they usually do. Joey Janela, Sean Ball kind of what that uh, first one's been built around as well as the Moxley appearances but you're right it's when Maven. you get into that yeah Maven oh yeah too fair Maven's in the clusterfuck and there will be a clusterfuck so yeah I think there'll be like that's where you'll find your uh, your memes even if they're not uh, looking like there's a lot of them on the main show 
but like it's that friday when you get into it that's that that is kind of what's gotten my attention today like because you know as connor says there there isn't much on the saturday so there isn't much to cram in before we uh we all head to leeds on sunday which is the uh, the biggest part of a of wrestlemania weekend don't get me wrong but like that friday it's insane it, it really is like i'm I'm with you, you know, I'm excited for the Ring of Honor show, if anything, just to see, yeah, what does Ring of Honor under Tony Khan look like? It's been really interesting to just to see Tony Khan tweeting about it, like he's promoting it like he would any other AEW show, announcing matches, you know, the Briscoes are, are on there against FTR, so he can't use them in AEW, but he's using them in Ring of Honor, I think that's smart, unless they're just there to drop the belts to FTR, in which case I suppose that might be smart too, but I'm looking forward to that. Mm-hmm. Bandido and Jonathan Gresham, you know, is, is, is a good looking match on paper, and they've started to, you know, using Jay Lethal in ROH, I don't want to see Jay Lethal anywhere, to be honest, but probably makes sense to put him there if you're not going to use him on your main show put him against in there against lee moriarty i think is you know a great use of uh of lee moriarty and yeah there's some it's got there's a lot of interest there from me just to see what that ring of honor looks like especially with his comments you know at the tail end of last week that they are going to be looking to to relaunch the uh the roh tv show whether it's online or on on actual tv so that gets my attention but it genuinely isn't just that. Like, it's ROH that night. It's that Impact Multiverse of Matches show, which, like I say, has got Ishii, Ishii on there against Eddie Edwards. Briscoes are on that too against the, the Good Brothers, so they'll be bombing around town on the night. But there's also Janela Spring Break Part 2 on that night, which is where the clusterfuck is taking place. So be ready for uh, for Benno to be still awake at 6 in the morning on uh, on Friday night, ready to uh, to cover that on Saturday on our Patreon podcasts. But, you know, on top of that, SmackDown and Rampage are taking place. That's the other thing about the ROH show happening yeah. on that night still and getting pushed by Tony Khan. It is actually head-to-head with Rampage, which is also head-to-head with the WWE Hall of Fame with the, uh, with the Undertaker Vader and Queen Charmel uh, going in it. Oh, fuck that. Friday night. Yeah. yeah, I won't be watching that Hall of Fame, but you're you're right. It's, it's just ridiculous. I mean, I'm looking through it. If you go through Fight's um, webpage, mm. it takes a while scrolling through it when you realise mm. how kind of late it goes with USA versus the World 2022, which must be one of like the kind of... That's um, a kind, isn't it? Like a sh- yeah, it's like a 11 o'clock show. It? It's ridiculous. It's just like competing like with each other. That, you know, which is weird. I didn't know he was even out there. Yeah, he is, and, and I'm hoping he gets, you know, if you're, why wouldn't you get him on there? He's got that kind of buzz and traction. Like, you definitely want to be using it. I'm glad he's out there. I'm hoping that he gets, like, a, a few extra bookings and the rest of it because there appears to be quite a bit of, of you know, shows for him to be able to do. I'm not obviously expecting him to turn up on, like, Ring of Honor or anything along those lines. But, you know, we haven't had that for a while, have we? Like, kind of. British independent presence out there, really. I've just realised Joe Hendry apparently is going to be wrestling on the Ring of Honor Super Card of Honor. That's a bit weird. Mm. Not a bit of case. Uh, but you, well, at least, he, at least he didn't kill a cross him. Did you see what happened with him? He was announced for the show, and then Tony Khan took over ROH. All of a sudden, he's not booked on the show. <laughs> like if Tony Khan needed any more uh, stripes for his Book of the Year award, there, there's solid one. work. <laughs> Solid, solid work, Tony. Some, some XROH guys, yeah, should pro- or, or guys they were going to use, you should definitely stay away from. Jay, Jay Lethal again was one of them, unfortunately, hasn't. But yeah, that's the one who I'm glad I'm not going to see in the air. 
in the Tony Garner verse. I'll take that. Um, but yeah, I wonder how many like wrestlers like Anoku are gonna you know are, are flying themselves out there in the in the hope of getting books. I've not seen his name anywhere else. He'd be someone if that Rev Pro relationship meant anything, <laughs> like or relationship we believe exists meant anything. You'd think there'd be a little um you know path through to ROH there. Um, maybe uh going forward more mm-hmm. so than there has, is in the past. I'd like to see him on there on shows. But that's the thing. What what I, I think what I like about this weekend is like. That Friday is overly, overly stacked, but it's well timed out. I think if you're a European, like I, I was thinking about what we're yeah. going to do because we will be doing there will be the daily podcast. Obviously, you'll be on the uh, the first couple. We'll be doing our big preview uh, free for all next week uh, as well. I'll have some special guests uh, joining uh, through the weekend to uh, to go through uh, some of the the days as well. Obviously, with uh, with us being uh, out and about in uh, in Leeds uh, on the Sunday as well. But like it's well timed, like I say, blood sports oh, a, a nice time slot on the Thursday. That Friday's super stacked. There's even the small matter of JP NXT. It's not a takeover, but stand and deliver because yeah. WrestleMania is the two nights, the Saturday Sunday. NXT is one p.m. in the afternoon Eastern time <laughs> on that day. Like so, that's six p.m. UK time. Which I know oh, we don't cracking. all we don't all desperately want to watch Dolph Ziggler versus Bron Breaker, but you know. Um, your mate uh, TP Alpaca might uh, might do an appearance if it's if it's three, oh yeah <laughs> if it's three in the That's afternoon no UK good. time it's prime time for him you know he might be uh, all over the show yeah exactly yeah getting that buzz I mean you you weren't at the NXT London show were you no which one the one that was live the one the NXT when they did the the first time they came to London when it took a take take over London oh yeah I was there yeah we there with oh um, you were there. For- Finn Balor playing the uh, the bloke off the mighty bush with his uh, <laughs> with his dreadlocks and his um, yeah. unfortunate tan. <laughs> Jesus! Oh God! Do you mean League of Gentlemen and Papa Lazarou? Oh no, mighty bush had one. I can't remember his name. Steph, oh, did they? He looks a bit adamant. Um, <laughs> which is a good uh, tie in there with that one. Liam said. But I was thinking one of the things that happened there was loads of swearing, wasn't mm-hmm. it? because it was on in the afternoon on the network just to annoy them for it. Oh, I mean, I'll hardly be enthused. I mean, after watching the last one, although when I'm, you know, I had a good chat with Davey Portman this weekend. We were talking about it. We were talking about, um, about there it is, as Steph says, that's it. That's the, uh, that's what he looked like. He, he was trying to do Jack the Ripper or something. I don't know. Sometimes that demon act. Hmm. No, I hated it. Nonsense. It was going into supernatural realms and it's like, no, this is a man from Bray. He, he just wears this as, as part of a gimmick. You know, <laughs> that's it. That's as far as you go with it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's, it's it's good for us, but it's really squeezed in that show, isn't it? And Yeah, it's not a, pri- it's honest, not a priority, is it? No, no, not at all. And also, what would it be drawing? Well, are they holding it still in the performance centre, basically? In the same um, venue? They're not like going anywhere particularly special. American Airlines Centre? I'd be fascinated to know what that draws or how many mm. people aren't us sat on the hard cam side. That's true. Put it that way. It'd be like those progress yeah. daytime shows where it'd be like an access or something. <laughs> yeah. People wandering past. Maybe Jimmy Havoc will get like, a book What's again. this? Yeah. No, he, that's just something that just seems god awful. Yeah, hopefully <laughs> he never he never does. But um but yeah, I mean it's 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 busy, but it's not crazy. 
Like, mm. I know it sounds ridiculous to say for normal people who wouldn't watch half of this stuff, but for us, you kind of go, okay, there's some of this stuff that's going to be manageable and there's various shows we're just going to be picking and choosing and not sitting the whole way through. And I'll make the mistake I normally do is the first GCW show comes on, I end up watching it and I get dismayed about the state of American independent wrestling until <laughs> I remain to be convinced like sort of two days later that no, it's all right. You just watch some shit matches early mm. on. Isn't that everywhere? GCW show. <laughs> I don't think it's just wow. Well, do you remember last year the Jordan Oliver Express? How much he was on all over those. <laughs> uh, I was I was half expecting him to turn up at WrestleMania last year. Fucking hell. Yeah, maybe he will do. Maybe he's one of the big the big surprises in the Andre the Giant Battle Royal. <laughs> it might be Seth Rollins' opponent because apparently Cody's not turning up. So you know, um, <laughs> he's not turning up now. Is that um, is this what's well, we talked about it on the weekend show, didn't we? And it's like, apparently he signed this deal now. So, you know, there is that. I did, Charlie, I enjoyed the, it wasn't a news update, don't get me wrong, but like Dave Scherer on PW Insider was kind of, kind of wondering out loud what is going on with the Cody situation because he was kind of like, if he's signed, like, he's not, a, from what he'd heard, it doesn't seem like Cody is going to be, he, d- he doesn't believe, at least, that's probably the best way of putting it. Cody is actually going to be on more money with WWE than he was at AEW, which does make the question. Like, I mean, I don't know. I've been, you know, tinfoil hat suspicious that it isn't a money issue from the start because it does fall apart, JP, when you kind of pick at it, this whole Cody thing. Because it's like, mm. you know, okay, even let's, let's say plausibly, WWE are willing to pay him more than AEW did. Like, is that worth giving up, you know, the fact that he was in AEW, he got paid a, a very good wage to only turn up to work basically once a week on Wednesdays, you know, travel and accommodation taken care of, which isn't an issue, which isn't going to be the case in WWE, you know, he had uh, health benefits, which is something Dave Scherer pointed out, you know, as an employee, mm. as an executive which is, you know, like kind of like his second job that he had there. Won't be having that in WWE unless he got the greatest deal of all time from Vince McMahon. The other big thing, and I don't think it's really considered a lot, as I mean, Cody leaving AEW meant they lose Brandy's wage too because she's not signing with WWE as far as we're aware. And I don't, I don't think she's she was on a million a year with AEW, but she might have been on decent money considering her fake job as mm-hmm. chief brandy officer and stuff like that. And you know, uh, I'm a little bit, a little bit suspicious of um, what this deal actually looks like that he signed, or whether it, you know, the more the more you think about it, after he really outbid Tony Khan, you know, Tony Khan, frugal Tony Khan, who you know constantly, constantly getting yeah. investigated the Fulham for a uh, financial fair play, constantly signing forty thousands. Just look at AEW signing a million people. You know, and anybody who's on the free yeah. agent market, Tony scoops them up. Basically, spent the forty million he had in his back pocket as pocket money on ROH. I'm yeah. not sure I buy that Tony all of a sudden got extremely frugal. So. Uh, I ask questions about this now that that, that this this deal seems it, to finally be done. It does seem because the only benefit would be oh I can go to WWE and basically check out. I don't need to have any kind of investment or any stress about any of that type of stuff. But does he really come across as the kind of guy to you who doesn't want any of that stuff? You know, the son of Dusty Rhodes who was always wore a million and one different hats in every company. That's the thing that he's, he's always wanted to kind of TBS TV shows as well. Sorry. Another thing. Like, yeah. That's no guarantee you're getting that with the weird. Brandy is a cooking show. I know I read that and did it on the daily update, which, you know, doesn't exactly 
you know, she's not going to be suddenly the next Guy Fieri, is she? You know, it's 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 not going to be anything spectacular. There are a million and one cooking shows shot shows out there. Yeah, and him being an AEW meant you had the link directly to Turner, and mm. didn't you to TBS? He's not going to be getting that with the USA by the sounds of it. Yeah, and they're going to be funny about him doing outside bookings. It's true. More and more of it just looks like it, I, I always think when it. I was always sceptical the whole thing was happening anyway. I just thought, oh, Christ, this like has elements of massive work written all over it. But now you, you see this and you see this announcement and you're kind of thinking it's they played hardball with him and he managed to get it up to what it would be. And I think for WWE, they'll still have it as bragging rights they signed. It's whether or not they take direct shots at AEW through the proxy of Cody Rhodes when I he think- comes on. I think they will, because I think that's really... I think they will all the time. It's a really interesting thing, because you think Vince McMahon's logic and the way he thinks has always been to not sell it, and not like, you know, TNA didn't exist, ever, <laughs> in Vince McMahon's nah. mind. Nah. AEW like, have, have become such a threat, and a, they must get brought up in every meeting he has with TV people, and I'm you know, considering how well they do in it. Like, you know, for example, we were talking NXT then, and I was thinking, like, I saw a Brandon Thurston graphic the other day where, like, you know, you've got, like, your demo lines and Raw and SmackDown at the top. AW's a little bit below that, but not much for Dynamite. And then there's the two lines at the bottom, and I was like, fucking hell, that's Rampage in NXT proper, and Rampage, AW's B-Show, kicks the fucking ass. Despite, we might have a go at Rampage and its ratings and its, its place in the ecosystem, mm. but... Still wipes the floor with NXT. Like, imagine that, you know, a year and a half ago that mm. that, that, that is the case. Where and, and you look at those, you know, while we get sucked in all the time talking about, you know, Dynamite's week to week fluctuations and whatever, mm. the fact that it's in that ballpark of Raw and SmackDown makes it unavoidable, makes it part of the conversation when it comes to TV executives and people who are, who are in the know and stuff. And I think it's got to the point where Vince can't ignore it. And I think that's probably half the reason why, if they have paid a little bit more for Cody than the market rate, they've brought him in. But also tells me that, and if, you know, Raw last night is anything to go by, you know, when there were Cody chants coming in and Seth was halfway acknowledging them, kind of going, oh, you know, that's, that's just rumour, this is real life or something like that, he said. But, you know, acknowledging they were happening and they were loud in Chicago, I think we are going to get that. I think we are going to get, you know, outright references to AEW. I think Cody is going to come in and be... For all intents and purposes, at least for that first month, is is AEW character. I think AEW, unlike TNA, is going to exist in the uh, in the Vince McMahon world. I think so, and I think it's you know you mentioned about the T. It's the TV execs. It's the idea that for the first time there is a under kind of valued wrestling program that's out there that's offering comparable ratings for a fraction of the price of what you'd pay for for WWE. People are going to look at it and they're going to look at this. Is this the big up and coming brand and stuff like that and see some of the names and they'll look at those pay-per-view buy rates, look at some of the crowds and various other things on there. Um, 
Steph, Steph though mentioned there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Go on. Uh, uh, you know, MLW, you know, they've, you know, and Collar's mentioned it as well, you know. AW do exist for WWE when uh, when it comes to loyalty to yeah. MLW. Outright. I, I bet you were beaming like a, like a proud man, JP, when it was, uh, what did they say in oh, the yeah. response to the lawsuit that there was no way that, uh, you know, they were, they were anti-competitive or causing MLW yeah. problems when AW has done so well in the coveted 18 to 49 demo 49. and doing comparable ratings with Raw. Loved it. That tells you they know. That tells you they know that that it's uh, that it's on their heels. Caught, caught them out. Pardon the pun. Really, absolutely fucking nailed them again. Good on you, Court Bauer. It's not just it's not just bullshit press releases. Oh no. <laughs> well, it is. <laughs> Occasionally, you'll drag a couple of little nuggets out of them as well. Fair play, Court. Um, mm. In between that wacky promotion that is MLW. Um, but yeah, it, I think they will end up acknowledging it. And I think in some ways there's easy heat to get from it as well. Mm. I think that bit of needle is something that I think would be good all round. Because when was the last time there was really needle between two companies? It worked out for large swathes of it, good for everyone for a while, until obviously WCW completely imploded. But it is that kind of thing where you look at it and you think, hmm, you know, like, they are going to end. I think they are going to end up acknowledging it almost straight away. I think, you know, it's going to be hard to avoid. There'll be the chance. It's when they go to the smart towns, when they're in Philadelphia and the mm. rest. You know, you're going to get that kind of stuff coming through there, and you would do it the best of times. I think so. They'd be daft not to run into it. They'll there'll be resistance to do it the way that fans would want to do it. They'll be wanting to show AEW as being like assholes and stuff like that, mm. which is. Is not. I don't think that's really going to work. But I, but I think as well though, like that they are, if they're going to be leaning into the fact that you know it's not, you know, we joked about it. Is he going to come in as dashing Cody Rhodes? Is he going to come in as you know Stardust or whatever? It feels like just from the way they're doing the Seth program, he is coming in as big deal outsider Cody Rhodes, which begs the question, you know, as Mikey said in the chat, you know. Is, is he going to take a sledgehammer to a throne? Is he going to do some kind of shots back at AEW? Does he come out to downstate, as Connor says? And, yeah, as Chris points out, you know, he does have the rights to the song. So, you know, we might even get that. I could absolutely absolutely see it being more full-on in that way. And I think the, the big thing as well is that, if like, the reason I bring up the money stuff, it feels, and I think this is going to get borne out over time, this is way more personal than we thought. Like... Mm. Somebody mentioned in the chat before, you know, Connor said it, you know, is is Cody in WWE because that's the only place that have put up with him and his bullshit at this point, you know, was Tony sick of him? Maybe, maybe that story will come out. But I think what lends credence to that and what makes you think that things aren't as rosy and it isn't as rosy as an exit as kind of was made out. It wasn't just, ah, it's just a pure business numbers decision. Like even down, like people were sharing on Instagram that clip of Cody a couple of years ago talking about in fact it wasn't even maybe a year ago talking about how well i you know the books and kenny maybe they can go back on the word and go back to wb at some point but i can't i've done too much i've said too much I'm like the, the point of the post was like did you cody really because i mean we all thought that which might get into why you know people are a bit more upset about cody than they they would be you know other people going to wb but kenny and the books are liking these posts on instagram like kenny loves a good internet wind up but the fact that oh, they're yeah. even being shady enough to do that and obviously that was, there was that big Kenny interview uh, you know, on the Observer site where he didn't hugely hold back on Cody. I just feel like there's a there's a little bit more something there than uh, than maybe is uh, is being let on. 
They're really, but we're going to have to wait a long time before we really find out, aren't we? Mm. That's going to be the thing. It's an autobiography. It's an autobiography thing. But then, is mm. there NDA signed and stuff like that as well? Or if his contract's just expired, then in theory, Cody can talk about it. It's whether or not he takes digs at Tony Khan. I think at that at that point, and we've gone full blown Monday Night Wars here with with how they do this. But if he did end up taking digs at Tony Khan and Kenny and the Bucks, I mean. It'll be great to see. It'll be like a proper shitstorm. And, and they're more than happy to be childish about this stuff before, aren't they? Like, you know, going back to the, when they tried to, was it the, the invasion of outside TV and stuff like that? I mean, there's there's a whole kind of history of where they they love being childish about all of this. So, yeah, it's, it's going to be fascinating, I think, um, just to see... Just to see how they present it, it's the it's one of the few things about WWE. And my God, you watched an episode of Monday Night Raw, which seems interesting, and it's not even something that's on their TV. Mm. Yeah, and and that's it. Like the thing about it is, like, yes, I watch Monday Night Raw. Yes, I, you know, suffered through it. But I do think there's something to this. There is something to. The fact that they are, you know, Mikey says here in the chat, you know, Cody thinks he's a bigger star than he is, you know, even his family's third tier. You're probably right, you know, is he is he below Dusty? Is he is he below Dustin? You know, is Cody that big a star in the grand scheme of things? He was in the AW universe, and my expectation was he was going to come to WWE and be treated like he wasn't as big a star as that. But you know, say what you want about this build to, to Seth Rollins, you know, I haven't seen it. You know, with my own eyes on Raw, it ended the show. I mean, they kicked off with Owens and Steve Austin, and they made out like that was, you know, a big deal. Kevin Owens dressing up like a mid card goof geek who's uh, ready to just get stone cold stunned, and that's pretty much his role. And I can't take him seriously as a as a as a top guy as a, as a result. But you know, it opened the show, which proves that you know it's a, it, they see it as a main major deal going into Mania, and the Seth stuff was right through the show. Like, every five minutes, Seth was on screen talking about his WrestleMania match. And I hate the booking, don't get me wrong. The fact that he's looking for a WrestleMania opponent, like he's looking for a prom date, is embarrassing. You know, especially when some of the scrubs who were on this WrestleMania card have got matches. And, you know, there's... there's all, I think uh, Aziz or whatever the fuck his name is, almost. Commander Aziz. I think it's... I'm getting a the mix bloke up. with... Um... Yeah, they had him against um, Apollo Crews. Amos, Almos, whatever his name is, who, who AJ um, used to be mm. his bodyguard. He's got an open challenge for Mania. And it's like, you know, surely like Seth could answer that. Or, you know, there's there's been other people getting into matches in much easier routes than Seth. So the story makes no sense. And it definitely lessens Seth as a star. But it's the most prominent thing on the show. And they close the show with Seth at the end of it, talking about how he's going to, you know, if he doesn't get his WrestleMania match, he's going to destroy Raw next week. So they're making it a big deal. And if there's been some rumour and conjecture that maybe the Cody delay has been... You know, it was TBS and TNT projects needing to come to an end before he can appear on WWE TV. That's a theory I've heard floated around. Maybe that's, you know, a reason why they're delaying it. But I, they're making it so that, like, when set, when he does come out, it's going to be a big deal. And they're making it the focus mm-hmm. of the show. And they're making it like, oh, this is a big deal when this big outside superstar Cody comes in. And I wouldn't have expected that going in. 
No, uh, that's that's fascinating for that. I mean, other than the fact you had to sit through an episode of Raw to find out that information. Babatunde, his name used to be. Yeah, that's right. Andy says, yeah. Babatunde, yeah, that's right. Wasn't he in that Fight Club thing? Remember mm. that Shane McMahon Fight Club? That's it, Babatunde. That was it. Uh, but yeah, it's it's. I mean, it says a lot about the booking for Mania that this is a route they're having to go down about Seth Rollins having a a, a WrestleMania match. Um, yeah, there's there's things about like it's still the build for it, like it being the biggest thing on the show. And I didn't see the Kevin Owen stuff on there, but this seems desperate. We're two weeks away from Mania. There is that, and this is what it is. It's not great ticket sales, not really a, a, a you know a lot of buzz. I'm sure on Peacock it'll it'll do stuff and they'll ramp up the mainstream coverage in the next week or show, and you'll have people doing doing that. But it's Jesus, when you go through the cards and stuff, it's it's not stuff to be excited about at all. It's a one-match show over two nights, and there's doubts over large swathes of what that one-night show would be. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you look at it like it is. It's one card over two nights, and we've seen it with New Japan. Jesus Christ, you end up diluting it to a shocking degree. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is, yeah. And, you know, I can't say these roars that I've been putting myself through. And I did, I promised myself last night I was only going to watch the opener and the close to see if Cody turned up, but I did stick through. So it's my own fault. I'm not going to blame anyone else but myself for uh, for sticking it through. You really can't, um, mate. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's... You know, there's not there isn't much else there that you know for a WWE show it, it, I think it's it's interesting just to see who they place importance on you know like that the fact that they're making sure you know Edge and AJ get their little program which might have been cool a few years ago the idea of Edge versus AJ Styles but I don't ever want to see Edge wrestle again um, if I'm honest based on his his handful of matches he's had in WWE since you know Owens versus Austin you know. As as said in the, the chat here by Steph, it's like Kevin Owens is just ex- he's excited to interview his favorite wrestler at WrestleMania. Like I can honestly tell you, JP, that the, the Kevin Owens segment that they had on Raw last night to kick off in isolation was extremely entertaining. Like Kevin Owens, they played Austin's music, everyone went crazy. Owens comes out for the heat. And, you know, you might question, is that a smart idea? Pissing off your fans to do that. But Owens can carry that type of thing. He looked like a bit of a geek. I mean, he always looks like a bit of a geek, to be honest to me. But he looked like a geek coming out in his um, in his Austin skull cap and you know doing yeah. his Austin impression. He was very much enjoying it. You could tell. It was like, oh, man, as a teenager, imagine if you told me I could come out and do Stone Cold Steve Austin's entrance in front of a bunch of fans. But he was doing a very good job with it, and he was getting heat, and they did the... They did, it was like a callback to the... Uh, the Shawn Michaels, Brett Midget thing where they did the second call out where Austin's music kicked a second time and Austin, and um, Owen sold it and then it turned out to not be him coming out and you know we got more heat for it. He was very good in the individual segment, but like the level he's operating at is like this is mid card, you know, Christian and Chris Jericho stuff from Raw in 2002. This is like you know. The, the, the mid-card heels winding up general manager Stone Cold Steve Austin oh no no they're going to get a Stone Cold Stunner and they're never going to get their revenge that's what it is like for for everything that I can say and laud his performance in it I'm not I'm not so miserable that I didn't get enjoyment out of what he did in the segment it was funny 
it goes to that like line that like I've always I've hated in the past, but I, I, I think as you get older, you start to see it a bit more. Just because it was funny in the moment doesn't mean it's the right thing to do. Because it's mm. funny in the moment, and you gave me a fun segment. But at the end of the day, what's Kevin Owens in this feud? He is a mid card heel who's going to get squashed at WrestleMania. Stone Cold Steve Austin is the real star, and he's just some kid who used to watch him in the Attitude Era twenty years ago, and is never going to be anywhere near a stratosphere. Yeah. Like that's the issue there, because that's all that's going to be at Mania, and you know people are going to go crazy for it based on the pot we got on Raw for um for Austin's music but it just tells you who Kevin Owens is in the grand scheme of things and you know the real star is still a bloke who retired 20 years ago yeah and he's 57 and not an active wrestler and they can't even well depends on on, on what you read can they can't convince him to actually do a match for it there but it's it's you pay him three million a year and he's doing an interview segment at Wrestlemania you think you'd want some return on investment no and that's the thing about it. That there's not really an interest on return on investment. It's about keeping him to stop others from effectively, you know, not wanting him to go to AEW because he might be seen as something of a benefit there. So they're going to make those kind of big plays for it. But mm. it just shows creatively the absolute level of bankruptcy because, I mean, Austin's done this before. He's done this exact same stuff before in countless other kind of and we've seen it on WrestleManias recently. It's it's basically someone yeah. said it, I think Chris said it. It's Undertaker John Cena. It's it's John Cena. Sorry for the Seth Rollins thing. It's Undertaker John Cena because it's Seth Rollins. You know, sitting there with a, you know, with with a ticket like like Cena did, waiting for for in this case. You know, um, waiting for Cody to come out, whereas back then it was Undertaker. And yeah, the Austin Owens thing is like it's every Rock WrestleMania segment, it's every, like I say, mid card heel Austin segment where it's who's gonna eat the stunner. Like <laughs> it's it's all they've got really. Like yeah, he's gonna it's gonna be one and done for Austin. He'll come in, he'll bat he'll batter Owens, and the thing is, as Andy says here. Owens is still going to be there. Austin isn't. <laughs> Just yeah. that's that's the consistent yeah. revolving problem we've had for twenty years with WWE. It's just yeah. It's like like Andy says. What? Imagine someone from nineteen seven, someone from nineteen seventy eight coming out during the Attitude Era and being treated yeah. as the real star. And I know we do this time stuff a lot, but that sounds outlandish. But it's absolutely true. That's what it is. Yeah. It's it's fucking Bob. Well, I suppose Bob Backlund did happen, but it's like you know <laughs> Pedro Bruno, Morales, Bruno Sammartino, or something coming out and like. You know, beating Austin at WrestleMania 14, it's just, it's not happening. Um, yeah. It's desperate, isn't it? Mm. Like, I mean, I've got no, like, the level of excitement. I mean, we we do a wrestling podcast, so we end up watching it, but it's not necessarily like kind of out of any necessary sort of sense of excitement. It's, it, it's just all very depressing and it shows you the kind of creative bankruptcy that, you know, WrestleMania itself is that law of diminishing returns now of what they're doing and the people they can bring back. I know I've, I've said this before, but it, it's it's this idea that who else are you bringing back after this? You're like talking what one more match with The Rock against Reigns next year. Mm. If they can stick to it, do they want to do that? They want to do that at the Inglewood Stadium, don't they? But, you know, ultimately outside of it, there's no real, there's no thought going into anybody else long term and where they go. It's still, it's the pop, it's the moment, it's the the problem, and uh, and it, I don't know, it wore out a very long time ago for me because we're kind of jaded. But as I kind of found out this weekend, there is like this casual fan base who will lap up some of this stuff. Well, it's but they get less and less each year. It's the type of people who are, uh, you know, if if. 
if our mate uh, Cody Rhodes wasn't coming to WWE, then his family would starve. You know, he wouldn't be able to uh, to heat his mansion. Dead he mate. Would, <laughs> he'd be dead in the ditch, wouldn't he? You know, who yeah. who were we, JP, to be uh, you know ungrateful that uh, or, or you know disappointed in Cody Rhodes for for going to a uh, for going to the, the company that he basically slagged off nonstop for three years for possibly ever so slightly more money you know yeah do, do we not do you not think jp when, when you know when Mohamed salah eventually leaves liverpool um that you know whenever he goes the liverpool supporters are going to be right but have you thought about Mohamed salah's family have you thought about the extra couple of million that he can put in his bank account now have you not have you not considered that especially <laughs> considering if in this analogy Mohamed salah had spent the last three years messing around with golden shovels and bashing through thrones <laughs> and being the uh the vocal yeah. anti- Real Madrid or whichever team he, uh, he ends up in. Uh, uh, probably know. Real, yeah, let's be honest. Yeah. And WWE aren't Real, um, although they try to be. No. Yeah, it is what it is. But yeah, you know, like like, like Mikey says, you know, Brandy's starting a cooking show, so Cody probably won't starve. You know, there'll be some food on that table. Exactly. Basically. So we don't have to worry. Well, I mean, exactly. He's not having to hunt down rats yet to fucking skin them and eat them, is he? He's, <laughs> we, we've not reached that, that element of the proceedings. Hmm. That's where we are. That's where we are. But yeah, so yeah, I watched Raw again, mate. Rather than uh, I was watching Top Boy at the time as well. I, 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 I mm. it managed to escape me that uh, season two. I say in air quotes because it was uh, is in fact like season four or something like that. The team to count the proper channel four one. But I was halfway through episode one and realised Raw starts at midnight, and uh, all of a sudden got sucked into two and a half hours of it. But I believe there's some scousers in Top Boy, so I can moan about that when that happens and uh, I've witness that against turn up. I've not seen it. My son's watching it at the minute and he was telling me is, you know, he's liking it. And I was just like, I haven't had time at the moment. I'm like, finishing off a couple of other things first, including I'm enjoying watching winning time, which is a thing on HBO max about the Los Angeles Lakers. But anyway, I won't bother going into, into that. I was going to say as well, one last thing I'll say on that main, I don't think I'm as, uh, as much as like, I can make fun of the Rollins, make fun of the Rollins, some mm. of the Rollins stuff. Uh, you know, I can make fun of the Owen stuff. I'm not as negative as you on Mania itself. I still, I, I still think I'm gonna have a good time watching it. Like I think Roman versus Brock as a match, yeah, is a big, is as big a match as WWE can do. It's kind of pathetic that they've gone back to it four or five different times as their big match. But and you know, th- does the unification of the title actually mean anything when they're gonna strip one of the titles away and mm. you know within two weeks and you know it'll it will all mean nothing? No, but that is on there. I've got to be honest. I'm kind of. I'm kind of intrigued by the idea of Sami Zayn and Johnny Knoxville having an anything goes match. Um, I'm expecting Wee Man to do a running. I'm expecting Johnny Knoxville to land on his uh, on his poor little head that we should all be uh, so concerned about. I'm even, you know, the fact that like I'm not even mad that you know the the uh, the Paul brother or whoever his name is that I always forget is on there, you know, doing something with the Mysterios. I'm not even mad that Matt, Pat McAfee's getting a match of anything. Logan Paul. Logan Paul, that's the one, not Aaron. Um, it's just a shame that it's in there. He's in there against. Austin Theory, that that type of stuff. I think when it comes to the night, I think we are going to have a laugh, especially if we're watching it live in Leeds with yeah. with a few pints. I, I don't think it's as barren as as maybe you do. It's just, I mean, the creative is pretty pathetic going in. But as far as like big WWE cards, I mean, this is what they do, isn't it? Like, <laughs> what else? What else yeah. do you expect, really? Yeah, no, it will be like grappleup.com forward slash support if you want to get those tickets. Join us WrestleMania weekends. April 3rd and then we're going to be that's the biggest the, the show of many weekends it's actually. the biggest show on there as well and like I say in great company having a few drinks and a bit of a laugh it kind of works as a bigger thing about the state of the company though 
and where they are going forward. Because remember, they're going to be doing shows the next night after this when some of these people aren't going to be around. Is is Brock going to be around for a bit and stuff like that, depending on, you know, what happens? Because I fully expect sort of Reigns to win. Yeah, it'll be kind of enjoyable for for what it is, but it still doesn't mean that the company's in a good state. That creative week-to-week stuff, they struggle with in an enormous way, and they don't even think it's a problem. So it isn't we're not going to see growth of audiences and stuff like that i mean it's i'm still fascinated by stuff about like the tickets like i say because if there isn't you know, it's a big stadium cowboy hey there we are uh cowboy stadium well, like and you see, and you see <laughs> and you see like 40,000 less seats or something like that it's going to look bad it's going to be hard to hide you can have all the bells and whistles you know kevin dunn set that you want there mm. but it, it is that kind of, you know, I, I, that interest level isn't there. Is that what the ticket sales are like then? 40,000 or so? Oh, I don't know. I was, I, I think, doesn't Cowboy Stadium hold something it's like 120? Mm. I thought last count that I saw, it was like 50,000, but I haven't been on WrestleTix for a little while. You know, they can dress it, was, it up though, can't 50,000. They'll dress it up, they'll get it up to kind of close 80, 90. There'll be some of it that'll be taped off because of the stage and stuff like that as well. So, yeah, I'm sure they'll they'll manage to do it, but mm. and they'll bullshit because that's what they do, and that ultimately sums them up to this day. They still lie about the WrestleMania attendance to this day, yeah, 2022. It's a way bullshit it's number. Part of the entertainment part portion of the programming. Did you not know? Uh, no, I'm, I'm looking at it, and um, apparently, apparently, when they ran WrestleMania 32 in 2016, they did 101,000 fans um, for the event. And Meltzer apparently said in the Observer this week we're at 58,000 for wrestle for the Saturday, and just under 58,000 for the uh, the Sunday. So. Hmm. Still time to get near the hundred, but I think it's probably not. Um, maybe we'll get that many in Leeds, though. You know that'll be the as uh, as Liam says here the uh, oh yeah ultimate last stand uh, standing match there. We'll announce we should announce that on the night. We'll uh, <laughs> we'll put it we'll uh, we'll put it up you there. We'll my old t shirts. <laughs> I did want to put into the raffle, but I don't think it'll be happening. But you're more than welcome to them. <laughs> for entertainment purposes only exactly but yeah come <laughs> come join us uh in leeds but i was gonna say before we get into the um the rest of the uh the wrestling stuff uh to talk about and uh, hopefully hopefully cody will uh debut at some point so i can stop having to uh half watch monday night raw um jv <laughs> speaking of products we hate <laughs> how was your weekend mate did you have a good time slander mate slander that was <laughs> um how was my weekend well i i met up with davy portman um of up next podcast we had a great time brilliant bloke really enjoyed it and uh yeah ended up going along to progress benno oh. chapter 130 uh if i get the name up on here bear with me for one second go into the grapple app because uh something like that dozy d mick and titch or whatever it is those kind of band names here is dodge dip duck dive dodge I went went along and watched it. I'd been to the um, uh, electric ballroom for the first time in in quite some time, and I will say this: it was a lot more of a pleasant experience going into the electric ballroom than it is going into um, uh, what do you call it? Um, 
going into York Hall and the absolute ball ache was quite nice. Decent selection of beers for this kind of venue. I would say great, it's a blue moon. Um, yeah, it was a show that it's very easy for me to be very cynical and snarky and everything else, but I wasn't going there and I'm not going to be going deep into a lot of these matches, but if I went along to see a wrestling show uh, in the afternoon and it was fun and had a few drinks. Um, met, uh, met you in there, met um, uh, Mark Doyle, who was, uh, who, who was um, over, stood over with us as well. So we had a, I had a, man, good, had a good chat as well. Oh, good lad. He's, I asked about the Ted DiBiase joke for the, the question he asked for one of those, one of the, one of the great questions of all time. Um, but yeah, we were watching it. It was perfectly entertaining as a show to, to kind of go along. It's, it's, it's not what it was. There's no point kind of like glossing over that. And from an attendance perspective, you're probably looking around about 500. I'd imagine. I don't know. I wasn't counting them. I'd had a few drinks, but as a show to watch where people were on there and kind of working hard, it was, it was very easy, but it wasn't something I was necessarily like kind of paying the most attention to what it felt like. If you're thinking, did it feel like what progress was any point? No, not for me. It didn't have that kind of liveliness. There are a few people there who are much more hardcore about progress than, than I am. There's a lot that kind of felt like there's a, that casual base of people who watch Things like NXT UK might have watched some of the chapter shows on the network, kind of enjoy enjoy it as well. And they were getting into it. They were getting something from it. Um, but I've put my ratings in, like very much a lot of the shows, like kind of two and a half star, three star matches. Not to say they're bad. They also moved at a fair pace. This show started at half past three. It was done by half past six, which then ended up in the black heart, having a couple of even stronger beers and a bit of the old. <laughs> so I wasn't necessarily in the best of ways when I gave a, a slightly drunk call to WH on the way back walking to Marble Arch. <laughs> but three hours over in good time, didn't overstay its welcome. You know, people, some people have improved like as well. And it's, and again, easy for me to be snarky about. I've never seen Charles, I don't think I'd seen Charles Crowley wrestle in, in several years. It would have been a very small shows. He's clearly worked hard and they're in, you know, him and Elijah in there against Northwest strong Ridgeway and Jacobs who you just kind of see Jake, want to see Jacobs in a more sort of, you know, feature position because obviously that's where he's kind of getting with, um, what do you call it? Um, he's getting that way with um, Rev Pro, you know, Mercedes Blaze hadn't seen wrestle for a couple of years, clearly been sort of working hard. They had a big old spot fest in there. Um, I suppose they were easy matches because there wasn't like necessarily a whole lot of storylines going on around them. It just felt like going to watch a local independent show where you've got relatively low expectations, like what you were when you went to TNT, relatively low expectations. You go along. Should that be the comparison yeah. point, though? Well, this is what I was. This is the point I was kind of raising. It's not what it was. Mm. Like, it's it's not back to those kind of like absolutely ram-packed kind of raucous crowds or anything else like that. It's kind of nice professional wrestling that's going on. 
but it's not something that I'm invested in. I kind of was entertained, but I was also kind of half cut. But the stuff with the main event, which I found kind of funny because there was a point I went into the smoking area and I heard them talking and laying out what they were going to be doing for the main event. So I kind of <laughs> messaged you as well. I said, oh, this is going to be happening. And he kind of made me laugh. So I came back in and I was like, yep, yeah, yeah, there's there's going to be the, the shenanigans going on in the main event, which, you know, which Pretty made enough. me laugh, which with the biggest the biggest match in British wrestling history. Yeah, as a match, enjoyable. Actually, good, some good wrestling. I mean, Gresham, you kind of expect it, but Cara Noir was kind of living up to it. I think they teased things like an hour-long draw or something like that, but this only went sort of 19 minutes. And you got Spike Trevay interfering, and I know that there's these kind of storyline reasons for that happening. It's just like, it feels like that title is kind of booked into somewhat of a mess now. At this yeah. stage, you've got a champion who's site like you're on the WWE network, but your champion is apparently signed to your biggest rival while wearing the belt from your biggest rival's now newly owned company. Um, and it isn't a match you can show on the network, but you can put up on the pivot share. It's and it was kind of already telegraphed because Karanoir was having the match with Ilya Dragunov. Because I think tonight, as we, you know, as we've been recording, they've had a show on in London. Yeah. They've got a load of other shows. Which one is it tonight? Is it, is it the one in the dome? I think it's the one in the dome. Yeah. So, like, it was a good match. The crowd, you know, a good section of the crowd really, really liked Karanoir, you know, and they were like kind of like, properly invested you know i thought it was a good match but for me i'm not particularly interested in car and while the character i want to see something else it, it gets like 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 you i feel like i've kind of seen that the high point which was the riptide stuff and after that it's felt like kind of it's just dragged on for too long it's not a gimmick that i can be invested in in any way Gresham as champion is good for kind of shows if you're wanting to see, okay, he's going to be wrestling such and such in the main event or maybe wrestling whatever big import is there. I mean, it can't be cheap flying him over and all the rest of it as well. It's it's just I left there not thinking, oh, this is a company that's really on the come up. Whereas when watching Rev Pro shows and things like that recently, you thought, ah, they've kind of got all the ducks in a row. They're kind of hitting there and you can see the enthusiasm and the into like the difference in the crowds between that York Hall show and, and this crowd here was pretty much night and day for most of it. And it's not like they were always sitting on their hands, but it was kind of fine, but it was like the noise you'd expect at a, a British independent show. Yeah. I mean, Definitely got. I mean, what? What? I mean, a million questions. I've got, I've got Go thoughts on, on the Gresham stuff. But what? Like you know, you mentioned there about you know what was? I mean, just being back in the ballroom. Did it feel like? Because that was the thing about progress. Like it was funny seeing mm. Gresham with the two with the progress and ROH belt. People are gonna think I'm trolling, but it was like, you know, he had the he had the belt that mo- meant the most to me from the US Indies, the ROH belt. And at one point, that progress title, though, um, mm. you know, I would I wouldn't have put on equal footing. But you know, that was the promotion that I did love on the British side once upon a time hard to believe well there was a time of that and I thought oh it's kind of cool that, that he's kind of got both belts but is this the same company it was kind of my question because I 
yeah, I was I was in London last week, but couldn't uh, stretch it out to uh, to get to get to this show and uh, and come and join you. But you know that feeling that kind of hit us all during peak progress when we go to those shows, both mm-hmm. atmosphere, just. Like the first time I went to the electric ballroom went down for the Osprey Martis scale match. And you know, that as soon as I walked in, it was like what well, I'm in I'm in the place. I'm in that place where I've watched all of that progress video day, you know, from the first twenty or so chapters. And like, how cool is it that I'm in this building? Oh, there's a buzz here, there's a vibe here. For as much as it became a dirty thing in many ways, I'm part of something here. You know, I'm. I don't think I ever would ever describe myself as an ultra. To be honest, that we were rolling our eyes at that long before anyone else. But you know, there was a feeling of like you, you know, this this underground kind of our thing was going on. You know, and it was like mm. it was just cool to be in the ballroom, cool to you know, sip a few uh, Camden pails and and stand with you in the corner and you know. Obviously, you know, I have some plenty of space in those corners, mate. No issue with that. Some of the great nights of our of our uh, of our of our young mm. lives, despite the fact that yeah, there might be a uh, you know some to and fro about spaces and whose spot was who. Did it feel like that at all, or did it just feel like you were going to see another company in the same building? Like it felt like I was seeing another company in the same building, but doing all the same stuff that the old company did. So it's still the for whom the bell tolls. Hmm. Simon Miller's perfectly fine yeah, as MC. Cool it's kind of like, a, yeah, yeah. It's you know, like it. That's the thing about it. It's very, very easy for me to be churlish and say, you know, because I, I that unboxing show, that chapter one hundred, I fucking hated. Yeah, I hated. I really did. I was like, this is just not a good show. It's kind of shit, and it's not particularly good wrestling. Whereas for this, because my expectations were low. Okay, I was going there to meet Davey and I wanted to have a few drinks. Mm-hmm. What I didn't like, you know, and if the show had some good points to it, fine. It would have been like a day out, haven't been down there for a while. And like I said, like getting into the, you know, the ballroom and how you're kind of treated going in and being able to go to a decent, f- it's not a great bar, but compared to York Hall, it's the fucking ship and mitre. Like it really is. It's, it's like old brilliant venue. Level. It shouldn't be shouldn't be under like well, that was one of my things when progress yeah. came back. Are they trying are like tonight, you know, they've drawn like what 80, 90 allegedly at uh at the dome. Is that gonna be their level now? I am glad they went back to the electric ballroom or someone's running the electric ballroom. Cause it's probably the best venue in the country to watch wrestling. Hundred yep. percent. Like as far as that well, atmosphere, at least what it used to be, <laughs> goes and as far as like the you know, the the viewpoints and just kind of uh, what it's like being in there. Yeah. And being like slap banging of Camden, like, mm. you know, being in a busy place where there's lots of places where you can go and eat and drink as well. You know, it's really good, like, for that type of stuff. And, you know, there are people there who who seem to thoroughly enjoy the show and seem quite excited by all of it. I mean, I can't say I felt like that. You know, that, you know, by the end of it, I kind of went, oh, it was an entertaining enough time. And it fin- it was like, say, three hours. Didn't it underran? And I didn't feel like I lost anything as yeah, a I result. I would have killed that back in the day when I was waiting for, was wanting to yeah. for those trains back to Liverpool at like half eight or whatever. You know, a nice half six finish. I'm like playing about. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. Like, I think, what, I mean, people will expect me to shit on the fact that they put the belt on Gresham. And I am scratching my head because just the logistics of it, you know, the fact that, I talked about it on BWE. Shane Strickland's in super strong style. 
if Gresham's all over that weekend as well, like half of that tournament's not going to appear on WWE Network, like because <laughs> Gresham's stuff so far hasn't, and now Gresham works for a Tony Khan company. Just from an outsider's perspective, it seems unlikely based on precedent and what we saw with Anthony Agogo, that he's going to appear on WWE Network. And if he's your champion, surely that's a problem. Now, we might well be loot dropping the belt this week. That might be, you know, how they get out of that. I've got questions on exactly who he could lose that belt to. But it does make me scratch my head on the one side. But I'm not going to rip the piss out of them for it because I actually prefer it. I think that's better. I would rather that than them be a complete slave to the WWE Network relationship. Like, it felt like at times... And we might have been, you know, being harsh and not knowing the ins and outs of certain decisions. But, like, it felt like the previous regime was. The fact that, like, it does create this logistical problem. On the one end, as a business-minded person, you might go, hang on. Like, WWE Network's where they're getting their money from and their champion can't appear on WWE Network. Yes, don't get me wrong, that's a problem. And, you know, is it naivety that got them into that issue? Or what exactly is, you know, are they thinking? We don't know. But there's definitely a part of me that thinks, you know what, I'd rather that. I'd rather, rather than just putting the belt on somebody safe and not book Anthony Agogo and not book Shane Strickland and not do things that aren't exactly in line with the WWE playbook. Like, I don't want them to do that. I think I'd rather this. I'd rather, you know, there is a, if you want to talk about it from a business point of view, I think what's get lost gets lost with a lot of people. Well, doesn't this push people to go and buy the, buy and, we might laugh at it, but the pivot share, the on the progress on demand, mm. rather than network version, is it hugely different from what we say about RevPro? You know, oh, how cool is it when RevPro matches appear on New Japan World? But it is only ever the RevPro matches that feature New Japan talents. The rest of it, where'd you see it? RevPro on demand. I know this is different, but it's kind of the same in some ways too. I don't mm. actually think that's the worst thing in the world. You know, yes, it's annoying if you actually want to follow it and you have to, you know give them money <laughs> as opposed to like relying on your WWE network subscription. Although, you know, me and you haven't got one of them anyway, JP. So it doesn't really hugely yeah. affect us. Um, but yeah, there is, there's definitely a part of me that kind of thinks, ah, you know, if they're the two choices, given the situation they're in, I still like that more, even if I do scratch my head and okay, logistically, what do they do next? Does that make sense? Yeah, no, it completely makes sense. I mean, and I would agree from the business perspective, you you know, we might look and might think, okay, that doesn't make the most sense for them to do. What I would say is you kind of need buzz. You're going to have someone who's going to be in quite an integral progress, uh, position on one of, the high, one of the higher profile shows over WrestleMania weekend that isn't being produced by WWE. So you've got him as your champion. He's kind of guaranteed to have good matches because he's, such a good wrestler like i think there's more of a kind of element of credibility with him ultimately than like i i don't know i mean car noir appealed to the audience that was there on the day but obviously it, it doesn't appeal to me is gresham going to be more of a kind of slightly moving the needle are they going to go back to having gresham no not necessarily but i don't think anybody really was over to any sort that's of the point gigantic level Yes. Yeah. That's that's kind of but it didn't seem like that environment. There were some fans who were who were louder than others who were into it, but I can't think of a point where I cheered. But then, you know, sim- cynical snarky bastard in the corner there with me probably the having a chat man, away. Perfect perfectly like kind of hat, sat you know, stood there kind of happy enough, but it was never a situation I was gonna lose my shit at anything happening. Hmm. Um like I said, I did think the main event was good as well, a match. I, I enjoyed it for what it was. 
Well, the other, I mean, the other point about that main event, about that finish, is, you know, okay, they put the belt on Gresham, which is problematic and interesting to, you know, maybe he's not as. I wonder with Gresham, you know, is he over as a star to that level? But nobody, nobody is <laughs> like in progress now. Yeah, like I was looking at, I was going, okay, well maybe, you know, they're probably. I'm predicting they're gonna shift the belt to a progress homegrown guy soon. But even if they don't, like, and your argument is, well, they should. If you are ending Karanawa's run, I mean, you're up and down that roster. I was like, you know, like, <laughs> is there a is there a star <laughs> that you can do that with? Like, and I think I want. I, we were kind of going back and forth about this in our little group chat, and I was gonna make the joke. You know, there isn't a British star you can put the belt on. There is. They're just not in progress. You know, Ricky Knight Jr. and, and Michael Oku are the two guys mm. who are over to that certain level that, like, they can be the next Rev Pro champion, you know, or at least the Rev Pro champion coming down the line because Rev Pro have paid that attention and booked them to an extent. And the two lads have performed to a level that I think we're getting to the stage. Maybe we're not 100% there yet, but we're getting to the stage where they could be Rev Pro champion and they could carry the flag for that and, you know, be stars that people outside of. The couple hundred people who go to the shows are aware of, you know, stars that might get a bit of bit of worldwide attention if you put them in the right dream matches. You take those two out of the equation, which is, you know, an absolute strength for RevPro. And then progress is kind of booking the best of the rest. And I don't see I mean, it felt like maybe from the videos I saw, and you can say from being there live, maybe they're setting up for something to happen with, you know, based on the finish, Spike Trevay. I mean, mm. you know, he doesn't look half the wrestler he looked when he was in Riptide, you know, killing it a couple of years ago. Like, he looks like, you know, he's struggling to find himself as, a, as an act again after kind of that peak he had as, you know, the, the evil Tory and then Progress put him in that weird stable and then, you know, he's kind mm. of floundered since and there are, you know, you know, other issues maybe maybe at hand there as well. But he is someone who, yeah, doesn't really feel like top guy material to me. And then, you know, what else do you do? G-Money, to put it on, who else is there? One of the Smoking Aces, Ridgeway, Luke Jacobs. Warren like, Banks. Rat Crowley, Warren Banks. I don't really hear me, Warren Banks, but did anyone stand it's, out to you who could lead lead this company? Because it probably can't be Gresham, you know, going yeah. forward. I mean, that's. I did wonder that, and I did think, are you, and it feels like kind of much more stab in the dark like you say, whereas if something happened and they need to put a Rev Pro title and it, it was Rev Pro could go to like okay, an Oku and a Ricky, um, a Ricky Knight Jr. That would work. And he said, Ricky Shane Page, they're doing another Atlas tournament, by the way. He's in it. Bringing over it? Jonah. He's yeah. in it. Smallman doesn't work there anymore. How's he getting, how's he getting work? <laughs> one, of the, Don't I? one of the biggest lies the Witch Park tells, by the way, is that I'm a Ricky Shane Page fan. I am not. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> You didn't mind that, was it? 40, was it? 4150, is that the name of the... Look, the, the match with Nick Gage, fantastic. Stand behind my four and a half stars, but, you know, outside nah. of that, no. But it, it feels like a stab in the dark. It feels like they would do something like... and The person I thought was like Warren Banks. Why? Who can tell? Maybe it'll work, maybe it doesn't. But that's the kind of position. It doesn't feel like there's anyone there who is kind of ready. Maybe there was somebody who wasn't on the card that we've missed out that they could get in. Is Flash Morgan Webster available yet? Yeah? Well, that's is, the is, other. I mean, that's another. I heard you in the Daily Update going, Benno's, Benno's going to kick him while he's down. And I'm, you know, if Flash Morgan Webster has realised that 
you know, NXT UK isn't, you know, the, 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 it's not the beanstalk. He's not going to get any gold at the end of the rainbow. It's not, it's it's not everything it cracked up to be. I mean, there is there is no path from NXT UK to proper main roster WWE, unless you're a real exception and you're ex-footballer or ex-rugby player that they, they take, take a liking to. Like, Pete Dunne is the best this country had to offer as far as homegrown British guys, and he's butch in a stupid hat who's a comedy third guy who the pretender was never Pete Dunne. That's your ceiling, folks. So the rest of you is, that's about as good as you're going to get if you get signed by that company. And, you know, that route from NXT UK to, to proper NXT doesn't even seem like it. So it feels like that bridge has been burnt down at this point as well. But I will say about Flash Morgan Webster, you know, maybe he has. He's realised that, you know, that the mm-hmm. money that NXT UK are, be, are being offered, that he's realising that there are opportunities still, you know, in the British scene. Like, I, I believe Sports Direct and Cardiff are still hiring. So, you know, <gasps> money in that. I'm only messing. I'm sorry. <laughs> but maybe... <laughs> Maybe there's a, there's a there's a method to that madness. Maybe that's the thing will be used against you now. That, that <laughs> comment sorry. there. There we go. I'm yeah. sorry. I used to like Flash Morgan Webster. I really did. Um, he's I, got talent, and he was there was a point where he did feel like he was going to be the next big progress babyface. Another point when he came back from injury. Remember that mm-hmm. show when him and Mark Haskins came out to to face off British Strong Style, and me and you were stood there and yep. going crazy for them, like. If you can recapture some of that, if he can, as you said on the daily update today, put some of what he's learned under that, you know, that system under Shawn Michaels and, and whoever these genius coaches that you know he can put to use, and you know all that great footwork. I'm sure he's learned at, mm-hmm. in Enfield. Um, there is, I mean, we're saying it to see Baron of Stars. Flash Morgan Webster was never a top guy in in Brit Res, but maybe he's, he's seeing the idea that you know I, I could come wow. back, I could offer something, I could I could be someone. And maybe he could, and may I mean you know, and people will will laugh at that and go like, oh, they're saying that he, he could be great. He got himself into some decent shape. He's had a lot, load of kind of injury issues and the rest. And one of the things that we always complain about Sorry, with sports director, anyway. that's just, so exactly <laughs> that's just racism. Um, it, it's one of these things where like the thing, our big complaints about NXT UK is not only did it swallow up everyone else who wasn't Zack Sabre Jr. or Will Ospreay, but pretty much hoovered up everyone else, but the tears underneath the people who would have gone into those kind of who are mid upper mid mid card, upper mid card slots where he was around that kind of mid card going into upper mid card. And then all of a sudden he's gone. So there is a sense of like, I'd hope he's not coming back doing the mod gimmick. I'm hoping he's coming back doing something else, whether he's just going to come back as Morgan Webster, something along those lines, you know, some other kind back, of, he might just be like, fuck this shit. <laughs> I've achieved now. Yeah. You know, I've done it. I've been a true I've been a superstar. I'm done. I'm done it. Retired. And yeah, who can tell? with this type of stuff. But I think it's one of these things where if he does come back, there, there are like places and spots open for him, but it also would suggest some of those deals are coming up and are other people going to follow suit? Well, what it also suggests though, is those deals are coming up and offers are being made. Cause that's the other thing I will. Yeah. Flash Morgan Webster on. He's not just accepted any our money. You know, they've they've made, if the reports are true from Sean Rassap, every reason to believe they are coming from, you know, somebody as uh, prestigious as him, they've made an offer and he's turned down. And that's the impasse. And he signed a, he signed an extension that's got him through, you know, a month or so, but the extension's going to be running out soon. 
fair play to them. But it does raise the question, fuck me, they're offering extensions to these lads. Like, you know, considering all of the other cuts we saw over last year, I think we all just expected NXT UK's guys to quietly be be let go and, you know, quietly have those contracts not renewed. That's what I assumed the story was, to be honest, when I saw his name all over my Twitter. I just assumed his contract would have expired. So, you know, yeah, that's mm. part of the story. that There are contracts like his coming up, but I think it's interesting that they're... You know, seeing fit to still offer more money when, when again, NXT UK seems like this cast off that was built in Triple H's image and built to mimic, you know, the old black and gold NXT and is now on an island considering, you know, NXT isn't even what it was at this point. It's definitely, definitely strange. The only reason can be is as like a sop to the UK, as in they feel like they need a UK specific product here in order can, to you know, for BT Sport, for the sake of, of television partners. But it is odd, isn't it? That, like, they're offering deals. It doesn't suggest they're offering good deals. True. If people are willing to turn them down, like, but the fact that they're offering them, especially when you've had spates of releases and, you know, when is the next quarter up? Because that's when there'll probably be a good few more. You know, there's, you know, him being the first one to do it, who follows after that? Like, who who are the other people who end up, you know, leaving as a result of it. Because obviously when they signed, it's a very different wrestling landscape to what it was. Yeah. Maybe they look at Oku doing WrestleMania weekend and, you know, think to themselves, you know, Christ, looking at some of these reactions, there's there's some people they can work with. There's a few more top spots available that wouldn't have been there when they signed with NXT UK, but... Yeah, matter. Will it make a difference box office-wise? Probably not. Not gonna, I'm not gonna hold out any hope of that. No, but there's, there's definitely like you know something to that, and we've seen it happen in the past with you know guys in WWE it's... deals who've seen that there might be more of a gap for them to just return to the Indies. Do so, Cody being the best example, you know, of one. Um, but no, does this tip. count as a positive progress review? By the way, I think it kind of does because I was saying, I was going to make an offer. I was going to flash Morgan Webster if he wants to, you know, come on the first episodes of the True Scouse podcast. Me and him can chat about his. Uh, hey. <laughs> I still feel bad, JP. I missed his indie corner interview that you enjoyed it all those years ago. You know, I'd like to. Uh, nice bloke. Like to have chat, yeah. You know, he can be my undertaker. You know. The, the, yeah, the so did, I mean, like former teacher and stuff like that. We we're all naive then, didn't we? Yeah. None of us had turned bitter and scarred at that at that <laughs> stage in time. Not even Joe. So, like, it, it, it's it's yeah. I mean, I say it feels like a positive. I mean, I should say all of this proviso of people go back watch these matches and go, they're, they're not very good. I'd had a few beers and not much to eat, so like I'm going to throw that out there as well. I was That's just looking exactly. It was like a, but except I wasn't like kind of cheering stuff, really. Yeah. However, think, it's a nice venue to go to, and I would highly recommend other wrestling companies run there if you can. As was well. it worth your money? Right. Do you know what? For me, not with Davey and having the crack, it was in that sense. Because they're charging big I mean, prices and running a lot. That yeah. is another criticism of progress. Like they are running a lot. Well, I paid on the door, mate. <laughs> so I paid, yeah, 25 on the door. And you know what, if you think, yeah, but I don't do it very often, so. But then if you're asking, is it's like, you know, if would I have paid like front row stuff like that? No, no, not at all. I'm not really into it, but then I don't think I'll ever, I would never be like buying seated tickets at a progress show. I'm like you, mate, just standing up to the bitter end at every show I go to. 
<laughs> yeah, why anyone does that, I don't understand. But yeah, I mean, I suppose yeah, thinking about like that, what do I spend for TNT? Most of their big shows, I spend twenty. Um, yeah, I mean, I got Scotty Duarte on my show. The mate, and you, wrestling. You got G money, so you know. Uh, wrestling in Britain has been historically <laughs> under. Wrestling in Britain has been historically underpriced. Yeah. It really has been. It's been something that we, you know, as fans, you've kind of never really wanted to admit. It's been really well, you underpriced. Can, can you run this much and charge this much, though? I d- it's the running this much. It's the amount of shows. Because if you'd asked me, oh, would you go back? It like, wouldn't be for a while. Right. Like, I'm not like I'm there immediately invested with where the storylines go. I'm not like in that place at all. I mean, obviously, I'll follow it because we do a wrestling podcast and we mm-hmm. talk about it. Um I say all of this, I, I've sound the most monotone I probably ever have done throughout talking about all of this. It's not like my voice is raised above a kind of two and a half star, <laughs> three star level, really, throughout it, which is kind <laughs> of where it show. was. It's it was a it's a it's a night it was it was a fun enough it was a fun enough show. Fair enough. Um yeah, I mean I, I did want to go to that Manchester show, but obviously COVID got in mm. the way. I'm intrigued to see, you know, how they do over this big weekend. I can't say the Atlas Division show is particularly Fuck no. of interest. The Atlas Division wasn't of interest when you know they could get Walter. Never mind the uh, some of the big lads they've uh, they've got in for Joe Coffey. Underwhelming Joe Coffey matches. Oh, yeah, been me, there, yeah. done that. Yeah, even Progress stopped booking that guy, and uh, NXT UK picked up the mantle. But yeah, you know, I guess we'll see if uh, this business plan of yeah pumping out all this uh, this content. Uh, does work out well i suppose moving on from there uh, i'm from progress so unless you've got anything else to add jp which i, I can i can see you making a cup of tea so i don't think you are uh, i know I've, I've run back i did run across the road you know uh, just shrewd listeners can hear the kettle going there for a de- decaf <laughs> tea Look, it's hard to work when there's, when there's two of us jp you know? we've all got we've got to pick up oh. for, for little cups of tea and uh pisses and stuff you know through you on speaker before can people guess when we've <laughs> gone to the toilet where's the bit he hasn't spoken for a while yeah <laughs> That was going right. on a bit about Cody Rhodes. Um, Trust yeah. me, the camera's going off in a minute, but I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> Opening the forbidden door, as Simon Mulvaney likes to think of it. Um, to, um, yeah, the, the, the forbidden sliding door. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like in terms of it as as a show, like I mean, I went because I wanted to meet up with Davey, and I had a cracking time. And Davey's a great bloke. Like, and if Davey says, like, you know, oh, would you come to another one of these? You'd be like. Yeah, all right. Come along, because you'd be having the crack with your mates, rather like when you went to TNT. Mm. Having the crack with your mates, that type of stuff, rather than is the show itself drawing me there? No. I just wanted to see Scotty Duharty do the worm and Alice Colon go through some things that were either on fire or covered in barbed wire. And I got both of those things out of that TNT show. I definitely feel like I got my uh, my twenty pounds worth there. Um, but yeah, <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll we'll see how they uh, they do uh, going forward. But yeah, I was going to move us on to kind of Brit adjacent. Keep it quick. I think the uh, the New Japan mm-hmm. stuff from this week. We wouldn't be the uh, official grab grapple podcast if we didn't talk about potential match of the year. Uh, candidates and there was one to to, to the subject matter of uh, two uh, particularly uh, prominent British guys on the uh, the New Japan Cup this week did you see all of the uh, the quarterfinal matches JP did you get your uh, your homework done before we uh, kicked off uh, I'm going to ask I you did. in excruciating detail about uh, about Naito and um, what's his face um, but we'll uh, Jeff Cobb Jeff we'll, Cobb uh, we'll probably want to start there um, let's start in more interesting places in that yes Osprey and uh, Zack Sabre Jr. was the uh, the final quarter final match wasn't it from uh, from the the day 13 mm-hmm. and fuck me 
I just watched it right before we went live. That was fucking good, wasn't it? Like, I mean, it's fucking you, brilliant. You should probably expect it out of these two, but it's funny. I threw on the um, watched all of the quarterfinals before, right before we hit record tonight, expecting to to just kind of that malaise of three and a half star dead clap crowd matches I've seen a million times before New Japan to 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 blow over me. But as we talked about when we previewed it on uh, on Saturday morning, like as far as a collection of four matches go. This was probably about as interesting as I, I could have hoped for, with maybe, like I say, the exception of uh, of Naito, Jeff Cobb, who I'm not really a fan of either. I'll let you talk on that one. But, yeah, this felt... Cheers, mate. <laughs> you know, and, and I'm not saying I particularly got a huge amount out of, you know, uh, Shima and uh, Okada, or or even really um, uh, Hiromu and, uh, and mm. Shingo, as much as it was an, an enjoyable match. But just when I was about to, like, throw the towel in, Osprey, Doc Saber came out and blew my head off like unbelievably good match like i would definitely four and a half stars plus i don't know about the finishes the point where i'm maybe um and an hour in between four and a half and and 4.75 but good lord like it feels like you know i've heard like i've, I've heard rumor before that like you know that they had a don't get on or zach saber didn't rate osprey at the start and they had issues but mm. see their matches i'm like I don't, I don't think there's two wrestlers with better chemistry. like, And yeah. and they always find a new way to do it. Like this one particularly, like I really enjoyed the fact that it's hard when they're both supposed to be heels, but I think they subtly make Zach the face in this one just by, I think a lot of it was Osprey's selling. Like, and I know he gets a lot of grief for his over-exaggerated selling, but I think doing that and using the word nuance and Osprey selling, I know I'm on a, on a loser there, but I do think him doing that exaggerated selling and, you know, the screaming and the shouting and the kind of like, you almost get a cathartic joy out of Zach Sabre Jr. going after his leg or just slapping him or getting a couple of extra strikes in there when, you know, when they're not particularly necessary. Like that kind of, that works because it then sets up Zach Sabre as kind of the de facto face, Osprey's kind of the de facto heel and it plays perfectly into the match because you had a match where it was, you know, a lot of Osprey selling and a lot of Zach going back after that leg and the leg causing Osprey loads of problems but you also still have a match that you know maybe they're the Zach Sabre Jr. part of the match but you've still got you know the creative back and forth spots particularly that one in the uh, in the middle of the match where they were just floating over each other's bodies and the finishing sequence as well where they were just floating over each other trying to get those roll-ups and like the smoothest incredible. transitions you will ever see between you know pinfalls and and, and and little sections there like there is something that's just there with these two where those disparate parts kind of meet in the middle and it's the ultimate styles class of a match both in the way the two of them approach matches but just in their characters and the way they're you know mm. as professional wrestlers they wrestle and it just it really worked for me and i love zach as the baby face and i loved osprey and to be honest i'm kind of loving the finish i'm pretty sure it was on purpose you know the whole business of did osprey tack didn't it it looked fucking horrible his leg was bending in a direction yeah. that it shouldn't have been and if his leg had been worked over all the match maybe that is where the finish should, should be i did think in the moment maybe it was a little bit out of nowhere but again maybe that's by design um but yeah maybe i need to rewatch it to kind of make my mind up on whether i thought the finish was a stroke of genius or i thought it was a mistake but it made it stand out, and to be honest, I mean, you know, Will Ospreay's use of social media deserves a pan, and you know, a hundred times out of ten, and uh, and Zach Sabre's is obviously non-existent, but 
with the way Osprey's kind of pushed it like it's an MMA fight and you know he's literally been like I didn't tap I didn't tap the Roth made a mistake so you know, slowing down the footage and and you know and tweeting that out and the New Japan account making a big deal of it it's it's made a story out of the match that maybe wasn't wouldn't have been there we might have not forgotten about it but would have moved mm. on quite quickly and it's kind of worked in that way so yeah you know like I say I'm torn on it in that it came a bit out of nowhere but in the grand scheme of things it kind of makes a lot of sense Oh, I think it does. I mean, I think this Zack Sabre Jr. kind of face turn. As soon as he did a promo in Japanese, I just thought, right, that's the direction they're going to go. Because they could do with a gaijin, basically in a main event like he did on this show. Like, Because that's the thing to remember. This was the main event. It wasn't Hiromu versus Shingo. Interesting. Wrestling for the first time in New Japan. It was Osprey and Zack, which it was... It's all of the things you said. I mean, I think originally I went 4.25, so it's just been stingy. It's a four and a half. And it'd be one of those ones that will be up around the top 10 because I think when you mentioned about the dynamic, by the way, I think the thing I liked about it was Osprey's that bit bigger. He's that bit more measured. So he's not wrestling that kind of... Part of the issue is him being a heel while doing effectively what felt like lots of babyface style kind of manoeuvres and that. Whereas now he is... You know, and people won't like to hear it, but as a heel, he is that bit he's he's that bit better. You know, we saw it with the Oku match, and you can see it here as well. There was good stuff. I think as soon as he had United Empire on the outside, but he didn't have Taichi or Suzuki Gun on on there, other than Kanemaru at the commentary desk. Um some of the the moments in this like absolutely fucking tremendous um as well and you mentioned about the kind of roll-ups and how he got him into that that finisher at the end and i'd heard something about the finish being kind of really good and creative and i completely agree with it because if you wrestle as many times as these guys it's tough to find things that you can throw into the mix but really the fact of who zach saber jr is and i i came away thinking are they going to be going back to to if they're not doing jeff cobb which seems to be the example. And I thought they might do Hiromu. I, I just thought, well, Hiromu. But then we all kind of doubt and thought, well, they're going to go with the kind of big usual people. I mean, Zach to win it again would be a good, slightly different route. I kind of fear they might. Well, I, I have a funny feeling that they're going to end up going with Shingo, to be honest, because I think they're just going to try and plough through kind of what they feel are big matches to try and get the crowds up. But this was like an oasis in a desert, I think you might well have described it earlier on, like this match, because it felt like it was existing on a very different plane to the other three matches that were there. And like you say, the other three matches, I think it were like, you know, I went four stars on Hiromu Shingo, which I thought was was good, but not to the level that I might well have thought it would be. Shima Okada was five, three and a half star, like same thing with Cobb versus Naito, all falling in this. Whereas this felt, fresh and exciting and the crowd were really into it. There was a brilliant 2.99 kick out that I honestly thought was the finish at one point and I kind of really bit on it. Um, yeah. I, I like love that, you say, um, that, that mm. bit where they just start fighting, that exchange of like yeah. slaps in the middle of the match. And they just turned from outside. kicks and then the crowd got into it as well, which was kind of, which showed you it as well. I mean, and, and, and again, it's still, you've got the clap crowd stuff. I think there is that point of when we can get proper like crowds reactions, then we'll really kind of know how good some of this stuff is or how over some of this stuff is. 
but I thought it was a match. Like, yeah, I, four and a half is is what I've gone with. I imagine it'll be somewhere around my top ten because I think if nothing else, that finish alone means it, it kind it it's yeah. going to kind of stand out. That's the that's exactly what I was going to say. It's going to stand out because there's going to be. You know, I'm looking at the grapple app now. It's got a dead on four and a half average and coming off mm. 59 votes, which is interesting. I'm just going to, you know what? Now that I've raved about it so much, fuck it. It's getting 4.75. I'll drag that up to 4.51, um, <laughs> or maybe 4.501. But it's getting there. Um, but yeah, um, you know that tells you everything. And it is. There will be other. This is what I'm thinking about it. There will be all there. And I've maybe learnt my lesson from Match of the Year last year where every one of our top 10 was four and a half and you end up with that log jam. This is the type of match that at the end of the year you're going to remember it though, aren't you? There will be four and a halfs in the G1 that you won't remember a second of. But, the, but, but a match like this with maybe a bit of a weird finish but with all that story and all of those kind of memorable spots listed throughout it, you're going to think about it, you know, come end of year time. So I do think that makes it kind of that that notch notch above and yeah i mean i go four and off for that i don't have any really extensive thoughts on the other stuff i do i, I find it until that match i find it so hard to invest in clap crowd new japan i was yeah i might if i'd have watched hiromu shingu shingo without being spoiled on it i would yes. probably have been into it but going in knowing it's another hiromu like oh well back to the cruisers kind of situation yeah. just maybe go uh, and i watched it and i kind of glazed over and i can't really you know vibe too much with the match at that point you know i can give you a dishonest 3.75 star rating for it but can can i really tell you how much i you know memorized or enjoyed from the match not much at all really and that's clap crowd new japan you know uh i enjoyed the novelty of seeing you know shima go in there with okada but at the end of the day the results that one was kind of a foregone conclusion too um okada's a funny one there's a bigger conversation about okada have you i, I was what, thinking this watching it and we were talking about it last week as well like with okada have you ever seen a wrestler peak so early in his career be the greatest in the world, basically, at a point, and yet continue to be good. But we're all kind of like not really paying attention to it because, yeah. well, you know, it's a bit like, well, we've seen it now. It's a bit like, ah, uh, yeah, it's stale at him being the best wrestler in the world. Like, you know, give me something new. Like, he Try watching so Messi long. dick on Granada in the, in yeah. the, um, in in La Liga, isn't it? It's just he watching him kind of so young, yeah. Fucking ridiculous! But like, and he it doesn't it doesn't mean he's gotten bad. He's I don't even think he's necessarily got stale. Me, I mean, he he has to an extent. You know, I do hate the stupid camel clutch well, thing he does, uh, cobra clutch thing he does, um, especially in clap crowd New Japan. I fucking hate that thing. But I'm watching it going. My brain should know this is one of the best wrestlers in the world, and. His problem is because he peaks so young, and we're in a we're in a business now where a wrestler like him is going to be healthy and is probably going to wrestle for another fifteen years. It's like you would expect someone who had as as high a peak as he had in his career in in in, in old wrestling money to kind of be broken down and washed up now, or to be like, especially if it was like US wrestling, to be a drug addled mess, or to you know have moved on to TNA or to have like you know dropped down to in his career. But he's going to be at the top of New Japan plausibly for another ten years, and it's. A bit like mm. oh, sit here now, mate. You know, despite how good you are, it, it, it's really true, isn't it? I mean, but you mentioned about the staleness. My overall thoughts and the notes are: is how many of these characters, how many of these 
like how much of New Japan has moved on. It feels like it's just in stasis. Everyone is a slightly tiny bit different, but effectively everyone is really the same, isn't there? Hiromu's the same. Shingo's just been elevated up the card, but he's basically the same character. It's the same factions. Like Shingo's a bit fresh. I'd say he's an exception to that. He's fresh in the position that he's in, and I'm not expecting massive character growth. I, I don't want them to suddenly become radically different people or anything along those lines. But you look at the kind of landscape of it, and it's all very... We're in an era where it's not actually really as much storyline based or the storylines aren't connecting. It's more that they have these shows, they have to fill these cards. They're going to put their top guys in those position. And these are our top guys. And they're not changing any, like the dynamics of a lot of these kind of matches on a new Japan cup's probably been as interesting as new Japan has been for me in like a year. Really? Like, I think it's just been because there's been some novelty to some of the matchups and I can dip in and out of it so I can kind of take or leave it. But ultimately, like, you know, as a as a company, it is like it that malaise is still there. It is still there. You look at the, you look at the earlier matches. They're good. You, It's the fact that it's, you know, all the oh, lights are on in the venue. Well, yeah, yeah. We, kind of are really uh, but they're doing it i imagine because they think a card put it on there and we'll shift a few more tickets yeah. and there isn't that kind of longer term actually it's much more interesting with a couple of fresh people in there who you can start to put into kind of different kind of main event situations that's why i was like kind of you know and you've said it as well hiromu in the heavyweight scene not because i'm like the biggest hiromu fan necessarily but he's something different in there just a different dynamic a different body to, to kind of everyone else, but that's not how they're thinking about things. That's not how they're viewing their business. And I don't think that's going to be changing anytime soon, but you know, for a product you need like kind of compelling stories and compelling characters, not just the same characters doing the same thing. Like for, you know, in some cases, if you look at like some of the undercards, same thing for six, seven years, yeah. same factions, same, you know, a lot of the, all of those fractions need to be freshened up. Frankly, agree. Yeah. I, I mean, bullet club stuff is bullet club stuff and exists in this kind of silo. Like, and I choose to Gado, ignore mate, it. You know, excited. It's Ghetto's turn on Jado, mate. Oh, is it? Sorry. That's what's happening. Yeah. I'm not a punk no, punk and, and in answer to your question, I couldn't give a shit. That's <laughs> really where I am with that. Jay White needs to stay as far away as he can, even if that place is impact. Just just hide there, mate. <laughs> You're better off. <laughs> well, if he keeps wrestling Alex Shelley in some sort of way, shape, or form, then at least he's having some fun while he's out there. Oh, but, but you watched yeah, that this week, didn't you? That you Strong watched... Style Revolve, Evolve card that we reviewed, which is effectively their TV and the build-up to kind of mania and stuff like that, I was more excited by that mm. and some of the people on that than I am for... 90% of New Japan. That card mania weekend looks fun. <laughs> like I'm, yeah. I'm I'm kind of there. Yeah. As much as I'll slag New Japan 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 off, New Japan USA, I'm kind of uh, quietly um excited about uh, about that card. But you know, they've got the, the benefit of you know, you know, being able to That's you know, 
bring in Voxley and interesting that Osprey is going to be globe trotting round to round to that mm-hmm. side of the world. Um, you would expect that would mean you know other people can can kind of go both ways, and you could freshen this stuff up. You know, well, why is it only him? Why is it only Rocky Romero who's allowed to get on a plane? Um, large, I don't know. Large, like, large swathes, large swathes of the Japanese scene could do with some people coming in there, but it's also a different mindset from bookers as well. There's kind of, you've got those kind of problems concurrently going on where there is an issue. What's going on with COVID over there right now? Why have these little clap crowds like spitting on each other? I mean, this is John Pollock talking about it. It was like (laughs) 80% um, in terms of the vaccination rate. Right. I don't know if, didn't Omicron come across at a later point? Because I've had massive lockdowns in China. Now I know obviously it's a different part of Asia, but I don't know if any of that has got to Japan. I've I've not been necessarily following it. The impression I got was we're not a million miles away from them kind of opening up with some obviously like limitations and restrictions, possibly. Oh. Maybe that's the case. Again, I've not been following it. Yeah, uh, just yeah, you know. Under different parts of the world are in different points, aren't we? And we're probably too far forward for what we should be. But yeah, you know, this, is it bad? The selfish wrestling fan he wants to be like, ah, oh, fuck, well, let them cheer with us. <laughs> they fully lifted, according to the Japan Japan Times, they fully lifted COVID quasi emergency measures in all eighteen prefectures, with the amid a decreasing trend of um of Omicron. So there we go. All right, I guess we'll see. But I don't Thank know. Christ, because <laughs> a lot of people could fucking it's it, it, it's mutually beneficial for the entire wrestling landscape. Mm. On that note, based on the daily update today, you didn't watch any now as a tie-in before we get to AEW. No, I didn't have permission. <laughs> I didn't ask Vegeta's mum if I could watch him wrestle. So um, but, no, but- I didn't. I saw that surly prick had won again. And I went, uh, and you know what? I saw some decent ratings for it. I think Mikey in the chat there was liking it. And I just went, I can't be asked. I can't be asked because I'm not interested because he's winning. He's obviously John, one winning. of our patrons was saying he liked uh, some of the undercard matches I saw on our Patreon as well. Mm. Um, you know, we rated a few 3.5, 3.75. You just, they're just done with you, aren't they? <laughs> Same with Faith well, Gareth. I think for the time being, I think it's like it, a lot of it for me, it lives and dies by its main event scene. And they've balls that up over the last while that it becomes hard to be invested because he, I was all all in on a Nakajima title reign. If he loses it to Go eventually, if he loses it to Kiyomir, if he loses it to Keno, I'm fine with loads of that stuff. Fine even with a Marafuji, for God's sakes. But they were taking the piss. And they did 697 fa- fans there at this. We're, we're wandering into... Tokyo Joshi Pro, like the kind of slightly smaller promotions. I don't think they could sell out a Kurikan at this point, and neither fucking should they. Like, certainly not on name alone. I mean, whoever thinks Vegeta is some sort of draw, I mean, Nassau is a fucking mentalist. I think it's the only way you can describe him. Maybe but no, can, I didn't watch it. Maybe you can uh, turn your. Uh... Your, your, your Japan uh, fandom to uh, to some uh, some DDT, watch some uh, Takashita Endo instead. That's uh, getting some love. I've seen. Uh, well, going to AEW, aren't they? 
Apparently, does it? Uh, yeah, that's that's uh, coming. Um, so there is that. Uh, apparently, yeah, Nakajima uh, Shiyazaki tomorrow. Apparently, is happening for for some reason there. Kind of mentions here. Um, yeah. That'll be part of the like Shiyazaki story of him. Kind of, he's lost his first few matches since he's come back. So this is him kind of on the build up trail. I, I kind of would expect him to win. Which you know we sit there and we scratch our heads and look at Nakajima and go, why aren't you protecting him? Mm. It just makes you wonder, like, you know, he's, he's always, he's been a freelancer. He was a freelancer for a long time before he, he kind of signed with Noah. Wouldn't you be tempted just to see what else is out there for him? Cause imagine what he could do in a new Japan main event scene. There's a fascinating dynamic. <laughs> and well, in, mm. yeah. Yeah. Oh, go on. What are you like? No, or maybe you yeah. go to DDT. <laughs> well, I was going to say while we're talking some uh, Japan stuff, might as well get out the way and we'll do some. Uh, we'll close out with some AW. Throwing the other format on a TED this week, JP. Oh, we uh, are. I know, you, I know you watched the very you watched the small amount of impact just to see uh, some Jay White to continue that loving. Speaking of uh, yeah. of New Japan talent doing better things outside of uh, New Japan, do you want to mention that quickly before we go to? Uh, oh AW? yeah, it was on impact. It was the opener. It was the only bit I saw. It was Chris Bay and Jay White versus the Motor City Machine Guns. It was, it was fun. Mm. Um, I went three and a half stars. I have a feeling it was edited, that it was cut. It felt like there was a cut halfway through. Maybe I was wrong. It was after Bay had done a big leap to the outside and then it sort of cut back and they were in the ring. And I was like, I don't quite remember the bit where they got back in. <laughs> but anyway, it was a perfectly fun match, as you'd kind of expect. Bay is doing his utmost to kind of like show how spectacular he is. He's got a ridiculous vertical leap ridiculous he did a drop kick and he nearly missed the head because he went over it with his legs like that's how high up he gets um but it was a lot of fun this you know we it's funny we speak about tna and, and chris sabin is someone who when you think of all of the, the amount of time he's been there and the amount of things he's done like what it, like he's the kind of guy when they do their hall of fame that mock hall of fame they do I don't know if he's in, I don't think he's in there already, but he should be fucking in there. Like a massive part of that company's history and they can still go. Motor City Machine Guns. If you can get Alex Shelley in on a few uh, a few dates, just sort of coming in every once in a while when he wants to tag with his mate, no issue with that. I think at, at times I didn't appreciate them enough because TNA did have a good tag team division. That was always something they generally had. So they kind of felt because they were smaller guys that they weren't as pushed as much as perhaps what they could have been at certain times, but you really appreciate them now. And from the other stuff I saw on impact, just in terms of the people who are involved, it's a tidy TV show. I haven't seen all of it. I know you saw, did you see a bit of it? Not this week. No, I was watching, um, I just caught up with last week, didn't I? With the uh, with the great uh, Jay and Alex Shelley stuff and the promo battle they had. I'm looking forward to oh, yeah. with that tag. Sounds like it'd be a uh, be right up my street. Oh, definitely would do. Yeah. Well, speaking of uh, TV, and uh, I think this might be the longest we've uh, gone before uh, getting to it, JP, we should talk some uh, some AEW. I always feel weird when we yeah. do these these Tuesday spotlights and we review AEW. I wonder how many people get to the 
AW segment before uh, another week's worth of uh, TV has happened. So maybe we'll keep it briefish this week, but no mm-hmm. one knows. We probably won't. It's AW, you know, like we'll, yeah. uh, we'll end up getting into the weeds with it. Uh, it's three maybe hours. I'll separate out. I'll put it up on YouTube as its own uh, video <laughs> or something. So best behavior, JP. Um, yeah. <laughs> but let's uh, let's talk some AW. Um, and yeah, you know. I'll set up then. <laughs> this week's uh, Dynamite and, uh, and Rampage, um, which was on like, that weird hour on uh, on Friday, yeah, to talk some uh, some overall thoughts. Speaking of um, you know promotions with a uh, with tag divisions of, uh, of varying quality, enjoyed Dynamite this week. Thought it was uh, another another good show. Um, mm. I do think you know I, I got to be honest, like I. I thought the Thunder Rosa Britt Baker um, cage match, which uh, headlined Dynamite, was a was was a disappointment um, for a show that overall I did uh, did enjoy. I did think that was a bit of a bit of a weak spot, I suppose, as far as a uh, big talking point coming out of it go. Um, I don't know. I just think clearly something went wrong with the timing. I think it's probably the main issue. Also, mm-hmm. the fact that I don't know. I don't know whether these two having this great chemistry uh, chemistry for the for last year's. Um, St. Patrick's Day match and all the violence that went with it was like a one-off because felt like every time, every other time they've got in the ring, it's like the the two strangers who just you know have never met before and get in each other's way. And you know there was that weird spot, wasn't there, where Britt Baker got I think power bombed onto the tax and then just got back up again and they went straight to the finish where it felt like maybe yeah. the ma- it felt like the earlier matches had gone probably too long and they you know been timed out of maybe doing a big spot on the outside. It did seem like they were setting a table up for something at some point and that didn't kind of mm. come to fruition so maybe there was a, a spot in the middle that was supposed to happen but I thought it was extremely clunky um, I didn't think it was very good at all really yeah. I, don't think, I don't think Britt Raker's a good wrestler if I'm honest like, I don't know if that's a hot take or not but you know big star you know, great presence on the shows and has you know anchored this division for, for better or worse but uh, I, I personally don't think I've seen much improvement as a wrestler and yeah you can make those excuses about the uh, the end of the match and yeah some of it's legitimate but yeah, I didn't think it really lived up to what it was. And yeah, we get the right results out of it. And all we're, we're probably going to remember is Slunder Rosa won the match. But the match itself, I didn't think was uh, was much to write home about. And I was, yeah, way below the uh, the average on the old grapple after yeah. this. So maybe it's just uh, maybe it's just me and my uh, my 2.75 stars. I went for that being, uh, being cranky, JP. But fear not. I'll have some positive things to say about uh, this show too. Weirdly, yeah. I, I the, In, there's, points of that i i agree I, I was i was slightly higher on it um i think went three and a half i really should have done like 3.25 um oh, that's fair enough you know but it, because there were, bit, there were bits of it i enjoyed but i think a lot of that is the crowd i think the crowd lifted this to be something if you don't have that's that true. crowd then i think there's the issue there and overall i was glad with the move of putting the belt on thunder rosa just to change the dynamic up just to eventually get Britt Baker to become a face because it I don't like the dynamic. I never liked it throughout her being a champion. I thought her being a champion is effectively going to end up being the turn, hmm. but instead they went down this other route. In terms of the match, I, I, I agree. There were points, you know, where it dragged like, and it did feel kind of clunky and with, with Britt Baker, it was it was kind of odd. There was there was stuff that I liked in terms of I thought like the biting of the hand and and, and stuff like that. I'd kind of you know and then smashing her hand into the thumbtacks and stuff like that. I did I did think there there was a kind of general like kind of novelty to it as well and, and being built up as the first women's steel cage match and these two aren't afraid to get blood. 
I suppose the ends justify the means, like yeah. ultimately getting the belt onto Thunder Rosa, where I think you've got like, um, I think a more much more interesting dynamic. This Britt Baker title reign, I've not liked. I had very high hopes for it. I thought this was going to be the defi- like defining title reign. It really hasn't been. And maybe if they book her as a face, where the crowd can fully get invested, it didn't help that in her reign as champion, she's been booked in lots of very weird segments where she's come out and healed on a crowd that like her. Yeah. And I think a lot of this stuff has kind of resulted in sort of a degree of confusion because even in Thunder Rosa's adopted hometown, you still, there's very much fainter, but DMD chance the crowd fundamentally want to kind of go along with her and they've weirdly resisted it. So I'm just kind of glad they're going to Thunder Rosa who that role of sort of battling gritty baby face, maybe they'll work a way of getting it then onto Serena Deeb, who I think if you're going to go with kind of like a heel champion, I think she seems best set up for it and they've done stuff with it as well. You've got Hikaru Shida who's back. You know, I think it's, you know, Part of the DDT stuff is also to get Maki Ito in, but that's a whole other conversation for another time. Um, it, it, it's I'm just glad that Thunder Rosa effectively won, but yeah, as a match, if you're comparing it to that's the one they had the year before, it wasn't really close. Yeah, I, I want. I think what, what I want to see going forward, it's a bit like the issue with the tag division at times. There's just not enough time mm. on, on AWTV. You can have your yeah. quotas and have your people with a stopwatch going, oh, the women only got this so much time on, on Dynamite <laughs> or Rampage. That's not what matters. What matters is that it's, you know, the the, the programs are given some reverence and some importance and that the payoffs are good. Like, you know, controversial take, but the, I mean, the worst two matches on the last pay-per-view were they the two women's matches they were. Like, and that that is, that is a problem. You know that there is the is the quality there um, within the women's division. That's what's one part of it. Maybe if you put your belt on Thunder Rosa and you've got Serena Deeb knocking around, you can have better quality pay per view matches than Britt Baker um, has been given us. But I think also it's the again, it's not stopwatch booking. You want the booking to be even for this feud. It's felt like. Yes, they got this token main event. Yes, they got the token match on the pay-per-view, which felt like mainly because people would shout at them if they didn't include it. But mm-hmm. did it feel like an important program week to week on Dynamite? Did it feel like a, a, pro, a program with depth and importance? You know, yes, it had the history considering, you know, the big match over the year candidate last year, but did it actually feel like like the problem we've had with Hangman Page as well? Seems to be a consistent problem with these belts. Did it feel like one of the more important programs on the show? Never. It never did. No. That's more the problem I think they need to address, that plus the the quality of the uh, the eventual payoff matches, which I'm a little bit more confident with, with Thunder Rosa in the driver's seat rather than Britt Baker. But yeah, it's hard when, you know, there is only, even with three hours a week, there is only so much TV time, but that's the puzzle I think they've got to crack. Yeah, it really is. And and it's the issue with a roster of size of what it has and, and divisions that are, it relies you to watch your kind of dark and dark elevations if you're going to get invest in some of the other people that are there as well. I think there's a, there's a good level of depth and there's a good level of potential. What there isn't at the moment, a kind of, great people who are ready to go right now. Yeah. Now, like who that is, who who are we talking about? I mean, if we're talking about match quality, I mean, what kind of person are we, are, are we looking to bring in? Because what are they going to do? 
get Julia in from stardom? Are they going to, you know, that's, you know, in terms of that's a whole other different style, you know, there are people doing kind of, you know, talking about epic main events and things like that. So it's something that's going to take time. And this is why, like, you know, it's the, the real estate of television, only having the three hours to tell the, to tell the story because you, you brought it up perfectly with this story. It was all over the place. The Mercedes Martinez stuff sort of came and went yeah. and really didn't mean anything. And it was like, did you do it because you could do it and she was available? Is You know, it, it just sort of complicated things. I think, you know, at, at times there was just, the conflict felt very forced. Like there was nothing kind of, it's not like Serena Deeb or Akara Shida where they've had several matches to kind of get to the point. And you can see how that feud's developed. You may or may not be really invested in it, but at least it feels kind of organic and follows kind of a traditional, what you'd expect from wrestling booking. But no, in in this case, it felt like they wanted to get to Thunder Rosa because that's who they were going to go to have, you know, as as champion next and they wanted to have it as the the one year anniversary in her hometown and all of that kind of jazz. But it's, like, yeah, yeah. It, it's, it's not good division, storytelling. The tag mm. division. Yeah. People say it's got depth. I mean, it's got a lot of tag teams mm. <laughs> and a lot of good tag teams. Was it, does it really have depth? Because they only ever seem to have time to write a decent story for whichever team is circling around the young books at any given time. The rest of them, like, it's like, Oh, we need contenders again. Ah, throw another battle royal on. Like that's kind of what yeah. happens. And it's it, it it at the end of the day, not everything. Not everyone can get that prime real estate on TV. You can't do everything as much as you might try. And I feel like that division's one that kind of gets forgotten about. Mm. We talk about US tag belts. I mean, that'd be great. A bit like you know with the the uh, the TNT women's title, but you know, do they have time to fit in a secondary tag program? You know, um, but. That's that's kind of the the issue really when you're trying to do so many many things at once. But I suppose one positive of the the, the tag division right now, if we're going to get to, to positives of the show, something I really enjoyed um, on the show, and I suppose something they are building up to hopefully head somewhere um, in that regard. Moxley and Brian, um, <clears throat> Chuck Taylor and uh, and Wheelie Utah, how fucking good was this? <laughs> like you talk yeah. about making a star out of someone in a losing performance in Wheelie Utah, like. We're all watching this match thinking, yes, Wheelie Utah is the guy or one of the guys who, if you are going to you know, persist with this Moxley, Danielson, Regal stable, obvious pick to be in it, obvious person for everyone's eyes to be in this match. And they did not let you down. Moxley and Brian gave him a lot in this match. And it wasn't, it was quite subtle in, at points and it wasn't, they didn't really beat you over the head with it, but they made sure you knew this lad was a competent wrestler and poor Chuck Taylor was just, you know, the other guy in the match who, for some reason, unfortunately, can't take his top off anymore. I don't know what's going on there. but He yeah. lives up to his end of the bargain. Yeah, he's the like, other guy in the match. Yeah. Well, it, well, I suppose yeah. it's not, I'm not even slagging it off because, yes, <laughs> The his, the role his role his role wasn't to be a star in this match. This match was about Wheeler Utah. So you're right. I shouldn't frame it as a negative. It's a positive because they did that so well. Moxley and Danielson look like absolute killers. I'm questioning where this story's going, but no, I don't even think that's a negative. I'm like, are we going? Are we still building towards Moxley and Danielson singles matches? Are they just going to be a tag team full time now? Is real gonna keep talking for them when we got two of the best promos in the business? But what's going on? Is that a is that a red herring that maybe 
they're not actually going to be teaming full-time. I don't know, and I kind of like not knowing. But what I do like is, like, yeah, this intrigue with, well, at least for the time being, while this stable is a is a thing, there's going to be moments like this with Real Eater. And, yeah, the post-match was fantastic with, you know, mm. the Anoki slap from Regal to uh, to Utah and, you know, and clearly, you know, being uh, tempted to, to join those lads uh, over best friends, which he's, he's never fit in. I just thought it was, yeah. as an isolated segment, this was fantastic. Yeah, I did as well. And, and you know, hot, very high on Wheelie Uta ever since I saw that um, hour-long draw with um, with uh, uh, Daniel Garcia and just how tremendous that was. And so he's always felt like a, one of the guys, like Lee Moriarty, like Garcia as well, which I was completely thrown when he ended up joining the like Jericho Appreciation Society. I think like you with this storyline, I just can't read where it's going. I can't tell if this is going to end up in a mess, but because of the people involved, you have hope that it's it's kind of, you know, we're going to get this kind of, where I think it's going to end up going is he'll end up getting this faction together and then they'll turn on Moxley. Then then that'll be what they end up kind of doing with that. And then we'll end up back in Moxley Danielson. Yeah, I'm kind of glad because I, I always think something that, you know, the a when aw gets it right they are kind of good at managing to get feuds where people aren't involved with the title where you've got two people who could easily be involved in that title picture really at a moment's notice um but you're able to still do interesting things with them kind of on the sides they've done it with eddie obviously with cm punk and it's, eddie kingston as well it's jericho feuding with hager but 500 times better than that. Tagging with Hager, yeah. sorry. For 500 times better. Because you've got two Jerichos Five. or two much better wrestlers than Jericho and Moxley and Daniels. Exactly. It's the step up in quality and star power and things like that. And it feels like this is real long, long term. And it's interesting. Like, it's just like the whole dynamics are kind of quite wacky. So, whereas... Uh, some of the other feuds, I'm not like you know, think of the Hardys and Andrade family office, and I think that's one. All, I think they're doing one match. Yeah, and they're getting that out the way, and we can get to the proper stuff, which is Jeff Hardy and Darby Allen doing nutty things to each other and Sting watching yeah. like a proud dad. That's where we're going. I think. I, I think that's happening next week, just to be done with. I don't think that's a long term direction. Yeah, yeah, but it, it at least with this, it feels like it's got some legs to it as well. But yeah, like say, I mean, I enjoyed the match and, and agree. Wheelie, you came out talking about Wheelie Utah in yes. this match. That was the point. I am surprised yeah. he didn't just pull the trigger and it wasn't just like he's a member now. I wonder what the next chapter is. So they must have something, mm. you know, where he proves himself or he comes out in a segment and helps is it, them or something. Or yeah, that's what I'm thinking. It's it's what do they do then? Do they go then straight to the heel turn and he gets involved mm. in terms of helping Danielson against Moxley? Or is it a case where, like, he ends up kind of, I don't know, like having to take several kickings or something else along those lines? You know, at least it gets him involved. And, like, obviously he's a, he's a very fresh face, like, you know, really young guy, very high reps. Like I say, never, never was a natural fit in Best Friends. Just really wasn't. And it felt like at some point we were kind of killing time with him and Moriarty and Garcia to put them into kind of actual positions as regular kind of TV characters. And this is like the proper step for him to do that. On that note, you mentioned Garcia, you know, that was another strength of the show. I thought the, for the name and all the faults with Jericho appreciation society segment was, was also very good. 
no, but Jory's out on, on on Garcia. It almost feels like, like you know, we know sometimes when you watch AEW and it's like Frankenstein booking, and it's a bit like different. And I know, and it's not you know, you know, different people. Uh, you know, the books and Kenny and 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 Tony booking their own things in silos. But I still think there's a thing where Jericho has a certain amount of power, and you know, other people have a certain amount of power to suggest their storylines. I feel like Daniel Garcia was always penciled in to join up with whatever the Brian and and Moxie stuff was, and then it was almost like Jericho pulled rank and was like, no. He's in my thing. He's he, he, he's he's with me. Uh, if I'm if I'm taking two point oh, I'm taking Garcia. And he's he's it's almost like he's in the wrong story. But I fucking loved the way they played that up. Like I bought it. Like I was watching the segment, and you know Steph can attest to it because she was there. You know they were watching with me when I was kind of like, oh look at Garcia, look at him. He's not liking this. He's not liking what Jericho's saying. Knowing that there was you know obviously I didn't believe the, the man Daniel Garcia didn't agree with Jericho but I thought they were playing it up and I thought he was like gonna immediately leave the stable and then they turn it on its head and make him one of the sports entertainers and you know I, I still think I'd rather you know, be involved in the Moxley and Brian stuff but if you can do this and put him on this this other side it's it's interesting it's not you know what I expected I I got a laugh out of you know the Jericho line about we're gonna use uh, we're gonna use our real names Daniel Garcia Jake Hager Chris Jericho, um, which is you know definitely not his real name. One of the great pro wrestler names of all time, but definitely not his uh, not his name. Um, there she is in the chat saying I got worked. No, I didn't. Um, but um, what, I, I, what, what a two called now? Oh my god! What what Matt something something magic Matt <laughs> and Angelo I, I something or other like I don't Angelo. Like I, just having a having a little look on here. It got a laugh out of me, and I know the the probably you know you know I bet you that's a Jericho thing as well. You know you can't be Matt and Jeff. There's already a Matt and Jeff. You need your own names, and they've gone with Matt and Angelo or whatever the uh, convoluted version of the names are, which they are pretending are their their real names. But I, I think the sports entertainer stuff and the wear sports entertainment, you everyone else's pro wrestler stuff. Mike get old after a while. Mikey's in the chat. Daddy magic and uh, and cool hand. Yes. Awful. Awful. Funny for a segment though. But I do think yeah. With I don't know with time whether it's going to be a bit you know Vince Russo sports entertainment extreme type of story if the uh, if they keep at it. But I, I, I did think as a as a one off it worked. As a one off it worked. I do have reservations about where it's going, but it also is, it, it's, it's, I mean, God, we're talking some serious amount of factions though at times, aren't we? Like, okay. I, I, I'm generally in favor, but I'm also kind of wary as well. Cause a lot of this, we talk about new Japan being stale, AW, they do fluctuate a bit as well. So there's, there's, there's always, there's always that. I suppose I thought when they put Garcia in there, that maybe the plan was they just thought from a personality perspective, they wanted to get something out of him and that Jericho being around him was the best way of doing it much in the same way. He got someone like a Sammy Guevara who really didn't have much necessarily in the way of promo abilities beforehand. And look at the way he's come on and you can't help but think that that's Jericho having that hand and that they see so much in Garcia that actually having doing this being like learning to be like kind of a shitty heel on the stick and learning to work that kind of crowd that that might be beneficial than him doing what is kind of effectively 
you know, that kind of serious straight edge wrestler, which is a role he's already done for a long time and it's always kind of been his character and there is always the room then as well for him to go possibly into that if they continue with this kind of stable for any length of time of him being the kind of prized goal of who you want to have inside this stable because you know how good a wrestler he is as well now I'm in the realms of fantasy booking there but I kind of look at it and think there is a there like it's interesting if nothing else that he's there it's interesting. Like it, I was looking at how he's like his delivery and everything else. And while it's kind of rough around the edges and stuff like that, he didn't look entirely kind of overawed. So mm. yeah, Matt Menard and Angelo Parker. God, maybe that's the title. Daddy Magic and Cool Hand or Matt Menard, Angelo Parker. Maybe uh, either or J Pro- JP Progress. I like that too. J Progress. Um, that could be the title of the show. Um, but uh, yeah, jury, jury's out on air on where that goes. But I mean, I, I suppose we'll keep it relatively brief to and dynamite mm. at the end of the uh, the show this week for once. I mean, I'll just to run through like all the stuff on the show that you know, kind of I thought was notable. Left. Okay, we can. T- I mean, Hangman and Jurassic Express for Adam Cole and Red Dragon was a fun tag. Don't really understand why. Of all the, you know, they don't do rematches very often in AW. For of all the uh, the title feuds to continue on, it's it's these two, Cole and Page, which feels a little bit lukewarm. Um, now I don't think Cole mm. really presents any threat to Hangman Page anymore. Um, bit surprised they're continuing on with that, but I thought it, did think it was a was a fun match. Um, Wardlow and Scorpio Sky. We didn't get the Wardlow where uh, squashing Scorpio Sky. We maybe expected, but we did get the. Uh, the MJF uh, running in the big angle there, where it definitely looked like he lost the uh, the dynamite diamond ring at one point. Like mm. the angle was going to go to shit because he was scrambling in his pockets and on the floor to find the thing. Um, but they got there in the end. Uh, a little bit, you know, for a big Scorpio Sky guy like you, JP, maybe a little bit disappointing that he's like the eighth most important guy in the uh, segment with yep. his uh, first title defense. But second, you know. second title match in a row where effectively it's it's like a kind of an angle and pretty nondescript it's like he can have good matches and part of that tnt title should be the work rate stuff so jesus christ it doesn't have to be against anyone fucking special he can have effectively a kind of like kind of elongated squash no loads of people he could have in there like you have dante martin and he beats him in five minutes you know didn't need to be anything necessarily spectacular, but with this, I didn't think Wardlow was winning the title. Um, yeah, and we had the angle, and I have to say, I wasn't, I wasn't just mad about how it came across, but maybe that was just me. It was very early in the morning, and I might have been running between buses at that point in time. Who can tell? It was fine. I enjoyed um, as well on the show Hardy Boys and Private Party. Um, I do like the Hardys. Mm. Uh, like I prefer this. Uh, like we were saying, coming in much brother. I've met hanging Matt hanging in the corner. You know, doing his best to sticky tape himself back together to look like a Hardy Boy from the year two thousands. Whereas Jeff looks like he literally stepped out of the uh, the year two thousands. Weird, mate. Oh, that bloke hasn't changed, does he? Only difference is he has to nail the Swanton bomb now because he can't take the bump without uh, letting his opponent take the entire impact these days. But makes the spot look cooler, so whatever, uh, yeah. it works. And yeah, we got the uh, the Television X um, 
music again, so that was cool. Um, but yeah, I'm moving around about you know Rampage as well. Rampage had some good matches on it. Um, you know that was a, that was a, a fun the daily updates. It was it was for what it is for what Rampage is at this point, especially one like this that was on at like half eleven at night, and you know what the Americans are like they're all by nine. Um, yeah, oh yeah, it ran late didn't it because of the um, yeah basketball, basketball NCAA. Mm. Mm. Uh, but for what it was, yeah, fun show. I know you were uh, particularly high on this one. Yeah, I I just enjoyed it as a as a very kind of quick, easy to watch hour of TV. I mean, not necessarily stuff that was really spectacular, but I would say the um, the trios match, like, and it seems to be that that's a division they're setting up, yeah, because like they seem to be making much more and more of that. It was like a squash, but it was fun, like. You know, I'm sure you've seen clips of it, like Buddy Matthews, the bits where they do the kind of like triangulated offense as well. Oh yeah, I thought that was like kind of good shit and exactly what it was and the kind of stuff I like seeing on Rampage. Like when you see those hook squashes, they're fine. They don't need to go for like at least sort of ten minutes at a time. Um, and then you know, Keith Lee, Max Caster, I thought was was they are. fine. The, like most valuable players, some of the most valuable players in MVP Max, uh, Max Caster especially, and Anthony Bones. But yeah. Anthony Bones, the two of them, like I, I do think they are, they really offer something as like just being. I mean, kind of what I mean. That's almost a shame to be honest with 2.0 joining Jericho now, where they that role they had, where they just lost. They, they were kind of they lost the people, talked their way up, beat someone up, and then lost again. I love that about them. You need guys like that on your roster. I don't want them mm-hmm. to start winning matches now. Um, yeah, Caston and Bowens kind of fit that too. They're perfect. Uh, you know, you want to mention before. You know, it, it it is a little bit, you know, maybe busy in that segment of the cards where you are mm. trying to get over a lot of new characters and Strickland and Keith Lee. I suppose the solution is bringing them into the same story, which they seem to be doing with the uh, with the team's tab yeah. stuff in the end of this match. But I thought Max Caster did a great job. He's that perfect kind of heel that can come out, do one of his raps, get himself over, lose, come back next week and do it again. Like It's almost, I- it's almost a poison chalice because he probably isn't ever going to be higher than that on the card, but... I thought he was great in this particular match, and yeah, it was a, a good show for Keith Lee, who's, you know, been fine in his AW run so far. But yeah, I thought this was one of his uh, better matches. Yeah, I did. Like, uh, this is how I felt about watching the acclaimed. Like, that, like if you're WWE and you're thinking of people to pick up from AEW, they're the kind of, do you know what? There are a couple of the guys you'd look at. You look at the shape they're in. You look at the fact that they've improved. We've seen a good few Max Caster matches. And certainly Anthony, Anthony Bowens has improved because Caster's been out injured at various bits of time. But because he's he has his rap and he has his stick, which is over, it's over with that crowd as well, you know, it works. It's just that it's such a busy tag team scene, isn't it? And there's more kind of what would be star-laden names above them True. that they don't kind of get to fit into it. And they've been given a kind of extended run as like a tag team having kind of lots lots of victories and putting a kind of streak together or been put in a high profile position to kind of have that, that big match. So it didn't, didn't ever feel they're likely to become tag champions. Weirdly, I'd like I say, if they signed for WWE, they have a much better chance of becoming tag champions there because you could see them kind of getting over there. A couple of good looking lads and they look in the kind of shape and physique that they like. It's, yeah. you know, it's, it's those kind of guys, but yeah. And getting Swerve Strickland involved, I, I'm kind of fine with it. 
as as much temporary as alliance type thing, isn't it? It's, yeah, there, there is. There's too many. I don't like. I say that is uh, not to beat the drum of oh they're bringing too many people in, but it is hard to introduce the multiple new characters in and give them you know enough on TV mm. to you know to establish and go forward. I suppose you're resolving that problem a little bit by kind of squashing Strickland and and Keithley narratives together until maybe inevitably there's a match or you know that leads to. To something up with a bit more legs than the, the team tab stuff. Ring of Honor will sort all this out, mate. We get that Ring of Honor telly program. All, all problems solved. <laughs> we just get more TV. Let's go. I'm fine with that. <laughs> That's Tony Nieces. All right. And keep away. He's beating Jay Lethal for the first one. You heard it here first. <laughs> that could work. But yeah, you could uh, put put uh, Keith Lee back with uh, what's his name? Thingy Enterprises. Shane. Shane Taylor. Shane Taylor. There you go. They could uh, bring them back together. Completely. Completely wasted in Ring of Honor was Keith Lee. They had him for fucking ages. Yeah. Did nothing with him. And then all of a sudden, they just got out over out of nowhere, didn't they? But I like, I like Shane yeah. as well. I hope they, uh, they do something with him. There's a couple of those names who they, they might well be uh, forgetting about with the, uh, the new Tony Khan era, but I'd like to see them get something, get thrown a bone. Um, but yeah, um, on AEW, anything else from uh, from Rampage or Dynamite you wanted to mention, JP? No, I think that's pretty much it. I think hmm. we've covered most bases, haven't we? You looking forward to this week's show, mate? Tony Khan just announced uh, Adam Cole versus Jay Lethal. Um, <laughs> we thought he was hiding in Ring of Honor, but apparently not. <laughs> He's on the show. <laughs> oh, it's a match that I'll see, and I'm sure I'll forget all about it as soon as that happens. <laughs> That's it. But uh, yeah, I don't know. It looks like a, a fun dynamite this week. I think the, uh, like I say, the Hardy Family Office, well, not even Hardy Family Office uh, stuff anymore, the. Uh, Andrade um, group against uh, the Hardys. I think that that'll be a. I think that's going to be a big payoff match. Get to see Sting and uh, and Darby Allen knocking about, which is uh, which is always uh, exciting. So you know we got that uh, that on the show. Apparently CM Punk um, is making an appearance on the show as well. I thought he was going to be out uh, doing heels for the uh, the time being. So you know. We still need to watch that, don't we? We've never got around to watching that. Heels. Heels. Yeah, I watched the first episode and then never kind of yeah picked it up again. It Mm. it was good, but. Oh, it wasn't, yeah. We're ultra-critical. There'll be stuff like this company's doing too well for what it is. It's just like, yeah, that's where the... It's like me and Ted Lasso. If that was a League One club, I'd be all over it. How is that the Premier League, mate? How? No, (laughs) it isn't the Premier League. That's the bloody problem. (laughs) Everything else could be amazing. It's League One. (laughs) <laughs> it's barely that at times the the training ground looks like it's Sunday League they're knocking balls around cones and stuff it's a yeah it's a real issue with it hits your inertia into the show to uh, to be able to watch it but oh well uh, but yeah Dynamite this week looks like it's uh, gonna be fun and yeah we'll be back uh, next week to uh, to review it uh, anything else you want to mention JP before we go that's it oh uh, live tickets Leeds April 3rd Northern Monk Refectory pay uh grappleup.com forward slash support and also nearly mentioned it there instead nearly the wrong link uh if you want to listen to more of our content including the wrestlemania 17 um flashback that we're going to be doing this weekend with one matthew edwards um who wants his bath as well that's the (laughs) the, that's the big thing he's getting his bath he's getting proper bath salts for it getting set up proper milk in the fridge the previews very confused right now the pre-show is very 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 confused (laughs) But that's why you subscribe to the Patreon. That would all make sense, all that pre-show chat <laughs> leading to this. And if you're listening this late, surely, you know, we'd have yeah. thrown you off. You'd want 40 this minutes. far into the pod. 
extra nonsense yeah. i think if you got two and a half hours into this but yeah on that note it's on a- the plugs note yeah we are going to be heavy doing uh wrestlemania weekend yes. stuff. Uh, next week there will be a, a big uh wrestlemania week preview um next week as well as the the regular spotlight we'll be hammering um the the, the daily uh updates as far as wrestlemania weekend goes me and jp will do uh do a couple and i've got a couple of uh guests potentially uh lined up hey. to uh to do some reviews of uh some days of wrestlemania action and try and cover as much of it as we can I don't plan on sleeping until we get to Leeds, mate, and even then, we'll see, because uh, we'll be up all night um, after the uh, after the Leeds show at the, uh, the walkabout state, the after mate. party, watching WrestleMania Day 2, and uh, I'll be cheering along Cody, all that raw watching will uh, will pay off. Yeah. But, yeah, plenty of that coming, so yeah, patreon.com slash grapple if you want to get our, our daily content over WrestleMania week, but yeah, other than that, download the Grapple app. That's about it. Bye! Cheers, all.